0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Game Face, episode 86, streaming to you live on Twitch. As always, we have a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to talk to you about the game that just came out today, Prey.
1: We're going to talk about the upcoming Breath of the Wild DLC and what's in it.
0: And the biggest game announced this week, Dark Siders 3. Pretty excited about it. Let's learn about it. <laughs> Hope you're having a great Friday night. A little bit later than we've been doing for the last few weeks. I had a bit of a scheduling conflict, but we got everything lined up and ready to go for Friday night. Hopefully, you guys have cracked a brew or two to kick back and watch the show. We do have a good one for you, even though the things things are kind of in the pre E3 lull right now. A little bit. A little bit. Seems like a lot of uh, publishers try to stay away from that E3 window a little bit. Yeah, but this also means that it's leak time. It is. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. In fact, in probably the next three weeks, we're going to start getting crazy E3 leaks. One thing that helps is E3 Judges Week will be coming up pretty soon. And that tends to be where things start eking out a little bit through the cracks. So stay tuned. We should have some exciting stuff coming on Sifted and on Game Face in the coming weeks. But let's get straight to the show. So the big game that just came out today, Matt, mm-hmm. and by the way, Bethesda has held up to its new policy of not sending out review code early of its games. I guess the last game that that happened for was Fallout 4, um, and since then, journalists, yeah, j- journalists get the game the same day as everybody else. I got the code sent to me yesterday at like 4 o'clock, um, Then I was busy. I didn't get to play it much last night. I played like an hour and a half, and then I played another couple hours today uh, before the show.
1: Uh, how much time have you got to spend with it? Maybe an hour okay. right this morning. Like it, it didn't unlock until late last night, for at least for me. And uh, I'd been out late already at uh, Guardians Two, so ah. uh, I played up until a little bit after you get uh, the first gun, the glue gun, the, goo, the glue gun, and the um, the first neuromod.
0: Okay. Um, the good news though is early in the game they do kind of it does
1: run very well though.
0: Yeah, I'm playing on PS4. You're playing on, on PC, PC. and
1: uh, it runs perfect. Yeah, there no have been
0: re- there's been reports circulating all day that finally Bethesda has launched a PC game that yeah. doesn't run like dog crap, which is a pretty big deal. So the good news is the early part of the game does kind of show off a good portion of what you'll actually be doing as far as just mechanics and things like that. So you should still be pretty well informed. And I'm guessing there's a lot of people sitting on the fence for this game right now. Um, it still kind of has, it's and it's from the same studio, so it kind of makes sense, but it does kind of have that Dishonored 2
1: vibe, I think. A little bit uh it's way more system shock than anything oh, yeah. else i think and not, not bioshock mind you there's like, people comparing this to bioshock i think it's more system shock
0: i would agree with that i think it leans i think it has elements of both but i think it definitely leans more in the system
1: shock direction which
0: mm-hmm. will delight some and yeah. maybe I mean, not if, others
1: if, if you've never if you've never played system shock but you have played bioshock you will recognize yeah what you're playing here but it as someone who played both, I think I, it, it reminds me of System Shock more often.
0: Yep, I'd agree with that, 100%. Um, how do you feel about how the game opens, Matt?
1: Because um, it doesn't really. Oh, you mean, like, in terms of, like, you just wake up in your bed? Yeah, it's like yeah.
0: there's no opening cinematic, it's um, just
1: like you
0: the game starts and you're in your apartment. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, it fits uh, what you're kind of going for there, um... And I really like the. Uh, there's two, two main things I've noticed just in this short time aesthetically. I've noticed I really like the way they do uh, the titles at the beginning. Because you get in a helicopter and yeah. you start, you see like the Bethesda Softworks Presents and all everything, like kind of as letters superimposed in the environment. As, as if they're like around. billboards yeah. almost.
0: Like there's a bridge that looks like the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I I and I
1: think that one says Arcane
0: Studios on yeah, it or something. Yeah, an
1: Arcane Studios production. I, I can't. Figure out what city that's supposed to be. Yeah, I don't think um, it's. I don't think it's to supposed to be anything real. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I also I really like the music. The music is amazing. Yeah. Amazing! It's some of
0: the best music I've heard in a game in a long time. And mm. I just I'm still playing Persona Five, which a lot of people say has great music. So <laughs>
1: I see you every night. I know. I, I just 5. keep plugging away, <laughs> man. Like I I'm think still it. playing it too. I mean, I'm what I think I'm about judging by the number of dungeons. I think I'm halfway through it, and oh. I'm at like sixty some hours. Oh, you got a long way it's to go, a long brother. Long game. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh I'm, th- I, I'm about to start the fifth dungeon.
0: I'm at 150 hours.
1: The uh, well, I mean, 150. I saw hours. a thread recently about like the longest games you ever played, and a whole bunch of people said Persona 5. So I'm not alone in that. No, it's long. It's it's one of the longest games I've ever seen.
0: I know we're getting off Persona, on Persona Four here. was
1: like 60 hours if you did everything. Oh, every okay. Day. I mean, it, this is that, that you 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 stepped in it on that one a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> a um, lot. Yeah. I stepped
0: in it a lot. <laughs> Uh, I've I've been trying not to cheat. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to just play it without using guides, or and it is so hard. Yeah, there's like one of one of the places I got stuck. I think it was the fifth dungeon or something. There's these airlock puzzles that you have to make your way mm. through, and the first one's really easy. Like you go through it, and then there's the second one, and I literally got stuck. Just going in circles, trying to figure out... Because, like, you go yeah. through an airlock, and then it changes which doors are open and which are closed. Yep. That's the one I'm in right now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Have fun with the second one there. Well, maybe you'll <laughs> you'll feel, okay, cheating, you're not reviewing it. So if, if right. I weren't reviewing it,
1: I would totally cheat. Yeah, well, I, I will say... Um, <laughs> I did go the route of, like, uh, I don't know if you've friended the doctor at all. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you can eventually buy accessories from her at half price, and she sells these things that regenerate your magic points. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's wearing that. No, Me too.
0: That's (laughs) exactly... I I bought level three. I spent every money I had. Yep. All the money. Anyway, let's get back to Prey. Um, We just keep going on these little persona tangents, because it's just... because it's
1: still occupying a lot of my life. It
0: is. A lot of people's lives. Yeah, totally. So... Let's get back to price. So you're okay with it
1: just kind of just kicking off like that? Yeah, I don't mind that. Especially, like, I mean, there's a reason for it and there's a payoff very quickly. Yeah. Um, The game is also kind of designed to, I mean, thematically and story-wise, like, there's a reason it wants to throw you into that. Yeah. Um, Already I can see where it's going with that. And if you read, um, as anyone who knows how to play a shock game should, uh, or a Deus Ex game, uh, you want to read all the emails you can find on every yeah. every computer you run into, and the, those even early on those emails sort of piece together a picture of why the game starts the way it does,
0: yeah, it totally does, and there are hundreds and hundreds of those emails by the way, oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah. if you really are obsessed with reading all of them, that game may take you a really long time, so you start in your apartment, crap goes haywire, basically, and you need to mm-hmm. escape through the roof, you get in a helicopter, and that 's where it leads to what you 're talking about. You fly through mm-hmm. the city. And, like, the title of the game, the development studio, the publisher are all kind of... As you look out the window of the helicopter, they're kind of like billboards in the Mm -hmm. city or whatever. You land on the roof of the building where you work, and then you go in, and that's kind of where the game starts proper. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would say is there's no ramp up to the game. It just kind of just throws you into everything, Mm -hmm. like, right away. There's no, like... Real tutorial, per se. There's no section of the game where it kind of teaches you everything. Mm-hmm. I um, did
1: notice there's a... Um, once you get the uh, the glue gun... Uh, the the Because li- early on, you're just fighting the little... You've seen in the trailers, little smoke... The mimics, they're called. But yeah. The little smoke-looking uh, slime like creatures. They're like yeah. head crabs, almost. Yeah. Um, those guys seemed like they were taking it easy on me until after I got the glue gun. Because I think one of the things you're supposed to do is freeze them in place... And, and then smash and them then with whack, the them with, wrench. whack them with yeah. the wrench. Um, uh, but I like how they're doing. You know, the, it's it's funny how they it all kind of works together. Like, cause they'll they they they'll like mess with you and then they'll run away and they'll turn themselves into a piece of scenery. Yeah, they and don't then even really
0: run away. They just bamf, just yeah. like disappear and they're gone.
1: And then like you can tell when one of them decides to get aggressive because the music kicks in and like it's like uh, you know real still real early in it. Um, but like I like the presentation and I like how it's unfolding itself, uh, like, it's real it's grabbing me in a way that certainly the, the two Dishonored games never did.
0: I agree. Right, right out of the gate, I like this game more than Dishonored. Uh, I've talked about Dishonored before on the show about how I just don't like the vibe of the game. It's just like, re- really dreary. This game is scary. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like, kind of that, I don't even know how to explain what Dishonored is, to be honest with you. It just has this really, kind of, drab aesthetic to it. This one is like, sci-fi horror, I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, Start talking about the systems in the game a little bit. So there's there's a crafting system in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the crafting works a little bit differently from what you're used to. So you collect junk from all. And there's junk everywhere. Yeah. I mean, every room is just littered with just
1: stuff. Yeah. The one thing that I thought was weird when I first started was that. You don't press a button to search something. Oh, I know. It just automatically opens every container you walk near and you can just sort of see what's in it and then you press a button to take stuff.
0: Yeah, you can tap well on PlayStation 4, it's a square button, yeah. and
1: you can just hit those really quickly to take everything you want. It's convenient, but there's a part of me that I'm just like, oh, but it's weird to just It is. Open everything by automatically. And I was like, I don't know. It's but yeah, you know, it's a very minor thing, but I thought that was a that was a the one thing that I was like, oh odd. Not yeah. a good or a bad thing, just different. Yep. And so you start collecting the crap. And then
0: you basically take it to. So you, I don't know. if you, I don't think you've got there yet to your office. Have you got there yet?
1: No. I know that that's where I get my pre-order DLC. <laughs> yeah. or what it is. It's the only thing the game's told me about.
0: Yeah. It. So you have like your office at your job, basically, because your job is this kind of the setting for for the game. And inside there, there's all these things you can interact with. And one of them is a re- recycling center. So what you do is you put all the junk that you picked up in the recycling bin, push a button, and then it spits out the resources that you can actually use oh. to craft with, which it seems like it's inserting a step in there that probably isn't really needed.
1: Maybe like it. That's it. Kind of, kind of reminds me of something. But I'm not sure what. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I get a pain in the ass. Sort of. But I, <laughs> it, it, it makes me think. I'm like, oh yeah, where you have to dump things in and get the useful thing. I, yeah, I, mean, I guess it gives you like a, a wider variety of materials with less junk. Like, you can, like, this piece of junk can make this many things, and this big... I, well, I kind of get what they're going is, for, but yeah, I can see, like, by, like, the 10th hour, being like, oh, I just dumped stuff the stuff, and then okay done with it.
0: Well, then you get the resources out of the recycling machine, and then right behind you is actually the crafting machine, right. and so you can throw your wrench, and then throw whatever resources you have in there, and then it'll actually upgrade your mm-hmm. weapons for you, so... That appears to be a, par- a big part of the game, and again, I'm only a few hours in, so I don't want to be too definitive on my opinion on this game, because mm. obviously I
1: have a long way to go. I just want to... That's a really good first impression, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing I I would say is that I died a lot. Hmm. A lot. Because literally, you take one or two hits, you die. And there's health kits, like, scattered on the walls that you can pick up or whatever... But they only give you back, like, 50% of your health or something like that. 30.
1: They give you 30. Yeah, even less. Uh, and they're can, not pretty, abundant. No, well you can pretty quick... Like, the, your first upgrade can be uh, 150% yeah. health pack stuff. So that would... Yeah, so that would kind of give you about half your health health back. And there, it's... You know... It's a decision. You know, yeah. I feel like it's... They give you the tools to deal with it pretty well. But I, as someone who's super conservative about using up my resources and ammo... Um, I am you know my, my instinct is to just whack everything with the wrench without using up stuff, and that so far has not been working out pre- tremendously well.:
0: No, because even the little small crab like enemies take three or four whacks before yeah. they die, and, and they can and, hurt you. Real I, oh yeah. Fast. Oh yeah, and they hit you like three times you die. Mm-hmm. I mean that is one thing I would say, and that's, this, I'm playing this on normal difficulty as always. that's what I play everything on for purposes of evaluating. and it's challenging like um, mm-hmm. you can save wherever. It's like an old school PC game. You can just save and wherever you save when you come back or when you load that save you're standing right where you were when you saved and everything that was going on around you is still going on. So there's been a couple cases where I saved and came back and and a bullet from an enemy is already on the way towards (laughs) me. I didn't even know. So as soon as you load the save, boom, you're hit and you lose half your health as soon as you load the game up. And that's kind of the environment that you're You're kind of fiddling with, but on the flip side, like with any other game, when enemies take this much out of you, it it ratchets up the tension. It makes every sort of little encounter matter. Uh, There's environmental hazards as well. Um, Like you mentioned earlier, did you say fire or something that you use to stop with the goo gun? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So there's you can do do a lot of stuff with the goo gun. Yeah. So there's platforms platforms out of it,
0: and yeah, there's electricity that you have to stop at certain points. That, in all honesty, it's really hard to notice. So sometimes, and they're insta kill. Like basically, you walk into a fire. You walk in, into electricity, you just die immediately. Um, and sometimes when you're trying to run from the creatures, the mimics, and you're just trying to get away, you just run into one of these traps and you just die immediately. But the Goo Gun, it, it reminds me a little bit of like the Portal Gun or the Gravity mm-hmm. Gun and that it's this thing that is like a tool that can be used in myriad ways. I mean, it's like you said, you can build platforms with it. And you do that almost as soon as you get it. That's like your first thing. you got to build... Platforms on the mm-hmm. side of the wall To get up onto the balcony and, and kind of move forward But it doesn't like The game doesn't hold your hand
1: No It's not like There was a A waypoint on the wall Telling me That no. Early on it basically Pops up a little thing That says Hey you could find a key card To open this door Or you can go somewhere else Like There's multiple ways To do almost everything In this game Have fun And it's just like, it, like That's all you get It just kind of cool. throws you I mean, Into the deep end yeah. That's another reason I You know It reminds me of System Shock Is it's like You know It's sort of You know kicks you out in the deep end and goes, like, have fun. Swim. Yeah. <laughs> or die. <laughs> You're going to die anyway. So, But, uh,
0: and then, you know, there's, you probably got, well, you haven't got to this office yet, but, like, there's turrets in the game that are just kind of placed, and you can use those strategically. So you can basically run into a room, bait enemies, and then run back to the turret and just sit hmm. and watch the turret just wipe them out, basically. Um, and like you said earlier, how there's multiple... Ways to get in to do things. This game is a lot like Dishonored in that way. There's all these little like air vent ducts that you can crawl through that'll take you through like a, a completely different route to get to the same place. Um, but like you said, and you can find a key card that makes it more direct and easier mm-hmm. to kind of figure out where you're going. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility in how you complete your objectives and how you kind of navigate around the facility. Because as far as I can tell, the whole the game takes place entirely at, at your work, inside your
1: corporate mm. building, or whatever. Right. Like there's a lot of questions about who you One are, is, why you're there, where you are, and what you're doing. No, you're right. Like that's basically the early, at least early on that seems to be the main thrust of the game is trying to figure out what exactly is happening and why nothing is what you thought it was. And there's a whole part of it, too, I don't think you've got there yet, but where it starts playing on your memory. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of explains... I've seen, some, I've seen some emails that seem to indicate that, like... You've lost some of your memory. Yeah, and yeah. it may have been your idea. Yeah. and Or was it? Or right. is it, you Yeah, know, because... <laughs> Because you've got a brother here too that like is involved somehow and you're not sure, quite sure how much he knows or doesn't know or wh- whether you were cooperating with him and that's why you're in the situation you were in the beginning of the game and like there's a reason you wake up in your bed as the first thing in the game because that's pretty much the first thing you know. Yeah. As a, as the character. The character there's a reason that like that is sort of the beginning of things. Yeah. And so far like they're doing a really good job of, of sort of making you ask a question and then giving you a little information with which you can speculate and then giving you an answer in a timely manner, which uh, is, I, uh, is no secret that one of, one of my, you know, I guess pet peeves would be that uh, nobody remembers how to do pacing anymore yeah. in storytelling. Uh, and so far this really seems to be, you know, a lot of times modern storytelling, and especially in TV shows, but sometimes in games, like have these things, like they think their central mystery is interesting enough to sustain an entire story When really it's about pretty much the first act right. Of the story yeah. And so far like a lesser game Would probably have taken the Who are you, where are you, what are you doing thing And have that be sort of the big mystery But it seems like they're pretty much on the way To sort of like giving you the basics of that quickly And then having you get pushed past that And, and, and uh, explore the rest of the situation Which I appreciate
0: Yeah, I mean one thing I would say is It is kind of at odds with itself a little bit Because... Like, like we said, it only takes a couple hits before you die. And look, I haven't got to the point where I've really jacked up my health to where I can take more hits or whatever. I'm still basically at my base health. I think I maybe have one upgrade at this point. Um, but because there are so many environmental hazards and the enemies are so deadly, it, it seems odd that you, you're trying to run away or find safety, and a lot of times you end up dying while trying to do that.
1: I, I don't know. It just... Well, if it's anything, you know, continuing to be like System Shock, the idea would be to never get in that fight in the first place. Yeah. It's, it's a very, you know, System Shock, and it feels like this one as well, are very stealth-oriented, like, more so than something like Dishonored or even Bioshock. Yeah. Uh, well, Bio- way more than Bioshock. Bioshock sure. was very combat-oriented. Right. Uh, for for good or bad, or bad, yeah. <laughs> <depending> <laughs> <on> what you <laughs> think of the combat yeah. in those games. But um, uh, this one, like, you know, if you can avoid conflict, go for it. Is usually the watchword in System Shock, uh, and I pretty much intend to play this one the same way. So the we'll, game tells you, we'll see how that goes. it, it
0: kind of nudges you and says, hey, mm-hmm. you know, if you're getting killed over and if over. You don't
1: have to, don't. Well, it, I
0: mean, it literally tells you if you're dying a lot, you should probably think about not getting in confrontations. Mm-hmm. And the enemies, like the bigger ones, not the little crab guys, but the bigger ones, do have like a meter above their head to kind of let you know just how alert they are and how close mm-hmm. they are to detecting you, uh, which helps a good deal. Um, what about graphically, what do
1: you think of this game? It looks good. You think it does? Yeah, it's not like... I mean, on PC, it looks fine. Oh. It's not like amazing, and uh, the mirrors don't reflect anything. Dude, there's no mirror. The mirrors
0: <laughs> like, don't work. They're just these gray yeah. blocks.
1: At first, I was like, well, maybe that's because of the thing that you learn early on, but then like the, the other nope. mirrors are not... No, like I thought
0: the either. same thing. When I saw the first mirror that didn't reflect, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe there's some kind of a story reason. Maybe... I'm some kind of no, a weird just, creature when you can't see the reflection or whatever. No, no they
1: just which is don't. like, look. Mir- <laughs> How do you
0: not have that? in your Mirrors game? are
1: very expensive to you know. You have to basically render the entire yeah. thing twice. It's right. very hard. I mean, I think the only game I can think of that did that really well in recent memory is probably Hitman. Yeah. Um, Hitman did a really had really good mirrors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whereas Mafia Three did not. Yeah. Uh, if you want to have fun with mirrors, go play Mafia Three. I don't. I mean, don't, actually, don't play. Don't play three. Yeah. But like, there's videos where you can see like, like he's like looking in the mirror, and like sometimes the character model will be rendered facing the like, it'll just be like, he'll be looking at his own back, right? And then suddenly he'll flip it'll back flip around because yeah. the, the game will figure out it's supposed to be a mirror, and like, flip, yeah. and it's just it's like some kind of like, like Bloody Mary, like terrifying It becomes a horror game. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I don't. I don't hold a whole lot against no mirrors in a game because those they're very, very expensive rendering. But ones. I mean, but every main, game does it. Like. A li- <laughs> I mean, give me a little something, but like at least show the character in it. But yeah. also, like the main. Also, the main reason I noticed that is because at the beginning, very beginning of the game, you select whether you want to be a male or female Morgan, right. and. The picture is them looking in the bathroom mirror. So I'm like already thinking about oh, oh I picked I picked Morgan female. Yeah. So I'm gonna oh now I can go see myself in the mirror. No you can't. So I was like yeah. you made me think of it, and so then when I notice it's not there, I notice it's not there. You know like, it's like if I, if you had just had me pick a character model, I might not have ever you noticed would have it noticed it's there. I, I would have noted that it's like oh yeah there's no, okay mirrors don't work in this game. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been like mirrors don't work in this game but I just picked my character out of the mirror. Right, like, That's yeah. weird. Like that's, thematic- that Thematically, legs. I know I get why they wanted that to be the select screen, but, like, bro. A bit of a red flag. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on.
0: I mean, to me, the fact that the mirrors don't reflect is a red flag, and, and I think if you really start kind of looking at the visuals in this game really closely, it is not really that good of a looking game. I mean, it's I'm, fine. I'm playing on PS4. Um,
1: it. Appears to be the same exact engine that ran Dishonored. Yeah, I think so. And it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look bad to me, but it looks, I think it looks fine. It looks good. Yeah. Like, good enough. I think my main problem is, um, and maybe this will be, I don't know, maybe this will be a future uh, upgrade or something for, you know, just game physics en- engines in general. But I'm kind of tired of, are, are we to the point yet? And now, I look,
0: you can see those, those characters right there have no shadows. Right.
1: But, like, I'm, I, are we to the point yet where, like, and I don't know anything about physics engines and development, so, you know, maybe someone in the comments or something will say something that knows more about it. But, um, like, I'm tired of the thing where, like, like, early on in one of the office areas, I, you know, went between a chair and a desk and I looked at some email, and when I finished the email, I backed away from the desk, and, like, the character model got caught between the chair and the ground, and the chair, like... Sp- bit out and, like, flew 40 feet the other way and bounced off the wall. And I'm like, why couldn't that chair just roll backwards? You know, know, weird
0: stuff like that has happened to me in this game a ton. It just um, it
1: just feels like, and, I, and like it's not like I'm singling prey out for that because yeah, yeah. everything does do that. It, yeah. But it's like it makes me wonder like what's what's the the tech barrier that prevents us from doing that? Is it like a power thing in the current hardware? Is it just does it just take too long to be worth it? Does it you know nobody gives a shit? It's just we're used to that in video games. So like you know putting that amount of development time into making it work properly for like what is basically ambiance would be a wasted time and money. Yeah. Like I just wonder what that is. We were talking
0: earlier about how cluttered the environments are, mm-hmm. and that. Presents another issue because I have the same problem. Like, um, one time an enemy was running after me. I was trying to get away. I went in between a desk and a chair and got stuck Mm -hmm. on the chair. And then the enemy comes and kills me. And as soon as he kills me, the chair goes. (laughs) 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 I actually laughed at it. I was like, ha ha, but that sucks. Like, yeah, again, it's kind of another case where the game is kind of at odds with itself Mm. there a little bit. Um, But overall, I. I mean, technically, I, I don't find the game to be all that impressive at all. I think atmospherically, it's good. Um, I feel like they use lighting minus some, a lack of shadows, which we just mentioned. Although uh, you pretty have a shadow. Well.
1: What'd you say? Your character has a shadow. Oh, yeah.
0: And there are other characters that do have shadows. But then there are scenes where they're just gone. Like, they're just, it's just blank. I don't... It's rare to see a game that plays by different rules for the lighting, depending on, mm. like, the room. Um... So, overall, I have not found the game to be technically impressive on a graphical perspective, but I think that they've done a good enough job with their engine. That said... Maybe that's why it runs well. They need a new engine. And, that's again, that's why the, the mirrors don't reflect, because this engine is just being pushed mm. right up to the hilt of what it can handle. Although, i got to
1: say, there are reflections in glass and stuff in Dishonored 2 that look better than this.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going um, on there. I can't figure it out.
1: I don't know. And I've got everything maxed out. It looks... So, it looks subpar. Reflections don't look as good in this. Um,
0: and the, here's the is that a game, game killer too.
1: to me? No. No, no um, definitely not. I think it looks, for this generation, I think it looks clearly this generation, it looks fine. Um, it's no Uncharted 4. It's no, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's no Horizon. The character models look pretty bad, too.
2: Yeah. Ugly.
1: Well, that was actually the thing I noticed when we go to pick your character at the beginning. I was like, "Ooh, neither of these people." Are. Oh, but the yeah. NPCs in the game are even oh, they're worse. they're Like yeah. I don't, they're so they're hard to look at. They're so ugly. And part of it can be art or whatever. But well, there's a little bit of that I think in um, in Dishonored as well. I th- I, th- I just the it, that was an art style. though. It was an art style. But I also always felt like the the character models, like the skin and the faces, looked like somehow dirty. Like they looked, like they are made out of like. Buddy. Like, so yeah, or, or like <laughs> like someone drawn them with like charcoal and hadn't cleaned it up. Right, right. It was, it was, and it just feels like I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a. I think that's part of that choice. whole dingy atmosphere that I talked about with that Somewhat. series.
0: I think that's a that's a stylistic choice, and either you like it or you don't. But what I found interesting is just like the graphics, where the graphics technically aren't that great, but artistically is good. The the audio is the same way. So, the sound effects are incredible. The music is awesome. But technically, it's a mess. Like, um, you get those little audio transmissions that pop up mm-hmm. on the screen. You have like this kind of an assistant that helps you out right. throughout the whole game, and, and you haven't got there yet. But eventually, like, you get to a scene where you're told that you can trust this person; he's not going to try to mm-hmm. sabotage you or whatever. So, when I first started playing, I was playing last night, and like our living room is here, and then our bedroom is here. And my wife had already gone to sleep, and I was playing, so I put headphones on. And I was playing with the headphones. I could not hear the audio from those transmissions at all. Hmm. And I was like, okay. That's interesting. That never happens, by the way. Like, usually if it sounds good in my Astros, it's going to sound good on my surround sound. But I thought, okay, maybe this is the exception. So today, I start playing it without the headphones on my surround sound, and I still cannot hear the audio transmission. I'm playing it
1: on uh, my—it's a a stereo subwoofer setup on my PC— and, yeah, the, the transmission voices are mixed very low. Oh, you can't hear it either.
0: either I can hear basis. them,
1: but I have to listen.
0: I literally can hard, cannot hear them.
1: They are, they are clearly low. Well, you're seeing them right there, actually. Yeah, that stuff. Like, yeah. that is, it is clearly mixed too low. And
0: the crazy part about it is that those things are insanely important. Very important. Yeah. They tell you what to do and where to go. And there is a waypoint. Like, for most primary mission objectives, it'll pop up a waypoint that you can see in mm. the game world to kind of lead you in the right direction for, like, the primary missions or whatever. But they give you all kinds of little details with those sort of transmissions that help you a lot in the game. And and I literally cannot hear them at all. And then the other problem is just looping sounds. It, I've heard sounds that just kept looping. I've heard sound effects that just cut off before they finish. Um, like I said, artistically, great. The sound effects sound great when you hear them. Um, the voice acting sounds great when you hear it. The music is incredible. But technically, it just... there's it needs work still, at least in my opinion. And I, I consider myself a bit of an audiophile. So, if there's one part of the game I've been most disappointed with so far, it's the technical audio. Um, well, luckily, that is something that can be adjusted.
1: It is. In, in the and future. it fits pretty
0: easily. It should be able to. The other thing that one part of the audio that is good, though, is the surround sound speaker tracking. And this is very important for this game because, mm. as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the mimics will take over an inanimate object, they'll turn into an inanimate object. Um, A lot of times they'll just disappear, but you can totally track Mm. them with the speakers.
1: And actually it's very good in that, because I'm only using stereo, but it's doing like a surround, you know, a kind of fake surround. Right, right. And yeah, I can tell when the the music hits, when a mimic comes out of yeah. its disguise. I can tell that's behind me. Yeah, uh, which not true of all games. Like the, 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 the audio in this game is terrifying. By the way, it goes. It's <laughs> it's funny that like so many audio, the audio tricks work in this game. But like, yeah, I, even just early on, I noticed that like uh, the person who starts talking to you in the in the comms, like I'm like, wow, you're mixed real low. Yeah, compared, I couldn't hear him at all. because the music at that at that point when you first get your first like, com channel thing is kind of going like, Brr. It's yeah. a big, like, kind of like, oh, what's happening? Everything's right. going crazy thing. Yeah. Like, so the music started drowning her out. Um, I was kind of hoping that was just that scene, but I guess it's not. No, it's, from what I've played, it's through the whole game. And that, again, that's something that they
0: can fix very easily. Yeah. How they didn't pick it up, I have no idea. It always boggles my mind, Matt, how you can play a game for a couple hours and pick up on big issues. And these people have worked on this for, like, two years, it had testing teams of like 60, 100 whatever people. Part of it's that, really I'm, crazy. I'm sure.
1: Part of it is like if you have played that game that much, um, you just start to overlook it. I guess. Yeah, you start to overlook it, or you don't notice it because you you've played it a hundred times and you know exactly what everyone's saying, and there's no question in your head what that right. voice is. You know. I mean, it happens whereas if you've never heard it before, I don't already. You know, if I'd memorized the script of this game, I'd probably understand what they're saying because I know what they're saying in that scene. Yeah, but like. You know, sometimes you need fresh ears on it, I guess. Yeah. The, the audio is. Also, it's also an, an example of why it's so important to have sliders for everything. You're right. Yeah, um, and Maybe... The, I, I haven't looked. Maybe I... You know, maybe I'll go... When I go back to play it after this, maybe I'll go turn, turn down music down and sound effects else. a bit. Yeah. Hopefully it'll boost the voice. Sometimes in games that doesn't do anything. You're you know. right. Yeah, it doesn't really change much. Like, I'm like, is this, do, is this just here to, like... Um, you, like make me feel like I have some yeah. kind of control sometimes that happens but, but hopefully we get some kind of uh, improvement they, they they do a little work on that I mean uh, we are in a time right now where like as many like kind of weird developer like you know, stories of like rushed games and whatever We are seeing also some really conscientious developers The Guerrilla Games is doing a great job updating Horizon Zero Dawn The next update's going to add a bunch of stuff But one of the things it's going to add is direct controls for every single piece of the HUD Yeah Like you can make it all always there, always not there, or dynamic Every single individual what piece, want. whatever you want That's great yeah. Um, we're seeing the X-Seed go back and give up... See, that's give, the type of
0: stuff you should
1: add in a right. patch. Like, uh, it's, you exactly should be fixing be.
0: crap. You should be making it something you that's good, be it even it better. You it better, yeah. yeah.
1: Our, uh, Tales, uh, Trails in the Sky, like, they've had a... You know, the third one just came out yeah. this week, which I haven't played because I still haven't finished the second one because those games are almost <laughs> as long as Persona 5. Yeah. And, um, but they've been upgrade, updating 1 and 2 the last week or so with, like, translation fixes, higher-resolution HUD elements... Uh, they went back and redid all the cutscenes. I mean, all the FMVs. They dug up like the original files and tried to make them not as compressed and terrible because they used to be. Yeah. You know, well, from, it was the PSP a, game, wasn't it? Uh PC, but they're they're like from 2003. You know, like the I first. One was 2008. No, the first game was from 2008. I am talking about the four. first one. The first Trails in the Sky was uh, okay. is a very old. I'm game, talking though. about three. Uh, three, yeah, three is more like 2008. Yeah. Um, so they're already old, but they went back and XSeed has been working very hard to bring them kind of up to some kind of standard. Yeah. You know, but those you know, a couple. Of, the first one came out a few years ago on Steam. I mean, they, they don't yeah. need to keep updating that. But there's some, there's some there's a move to really do the right thing on the part of some of these developers and localizers, <laughs> and it's nice to see that. Hopefully, Bethesda can follow some suit, or Warner Brothers even better. Yeah, I mean,
0: really, yeah. they're probably the most notorious publisher for putting out crappy PC ports at this point.
1: Well, well, they've solved that with Injustice Two by not doing one. Right.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. All right there, you go. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, who would you recommend Prey to? System Shock fans. Definitely. But some, look, System Shock hasn't been around for a long time, man. Like, yeah. most of the people probably watching this show on the stream or even on, on the archive on Sifted, a lot of them probably haven't ever played a System Shock game. So, well, can you relate it to maybe something a little more
1: recent? Bioshock fans. Yeah. I mean, it, it's got it's that a, same vibe. It's a first person adventure game on, along the lines of, of those games. Also, probably Deus Ex, if you like Deus Ex. And wish it was a little more, um, a little less talky, a little more sci-fi mystery-y, a little more horror-y. Yeah. Um, and maybe if, I guess maybe if you like kind of the walking simulator horror games but want something a little more interactive. Yeah, uh, that's a good call. There's there's a little bit of that to it because there's some, there's some nice moments. It is, it is an action game though. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of combat, and
0: mm. you have to be really smart and strategic with it. and Because you, you have the stamina meter, too. There's like a white, you can see it there mm-hmm. just above our graphic, that stamina meter. And that, I mean, if, if that goes down while you run, or even while you're swinging your wrench.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, I would say if you're if you're a fan of like kind of the walking simulator thing, but you're not an action gamer, like, the easy mode will probably carry you through yeah. pretty, pretty well. I might even, rec- you know what, to be honest
0: with you, I might even recommend most people playing this game on easy.
1: I haven't found it to be that hard yet, but I'm pretty early on. Uh,
0: give it a little bit. Because once you start fighting those bigger enemies, these crabs are... You get used to them after a while, and you can take them down without Mm -hmm. usually getting hit after a while. But uh, the bigger guys, you can freeze them with a goo gun and whack them with the wrench, and they just shrug it off and keep coming at you. And literally, two blasts from them, and and you're dead. Hmm. Um, So it it does get challenging. Um, So, you know, if you're not... If you're not into challenging games, I would probably recommend playing this game on easy, to be to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because the normal but System on Shock this, fans don't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, that's what they want, also. Right. I would say that this game is a combination of System Shock and Dishonored, though. And I would say that, one, it's the same studio that made Dishonored. Mm-hmm. But, two, the way... One the big the big ability wheel and the weapon wheel, mm-hmm. all these crazy abilities that you have that you can just hold a button and then kind of use the analog stick to select them on the fly. Um, the way the the level design is almost identical to what you get in Dishonored, with all these little crawlways that you can go through that kind of squirm their way through the wall and then you pop out into this room a completely different way than if you had just taken the path that's on the ground. Yeah, but that's what makes me think of System Shock too. Yeah, I mean.
1: I mean, Dishonored... I mean, let's, Dishonored, Dishonored was is inspired country. by System yeah. Shock. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So... They're all descendants from the same thing here. Really. From the same tree. It's just... I mean, this reminds me more of System Shock because it's also science fiction.
0: Right. Yeah, it helps. A, that makes a big difference as well. So... I'm enjoying it so far. I don't think it's a game that's for everybody, though. Like, I wouldn't no, just recommend everybody. I think, everybody goes I think buy they're going to
1: have trouble uh, selling this to some degree, the same way they did with Dishonored Two. In fact, when I went to start it up this morning, my antivirus warned me that less than five people in there in the network have it. Less than five
0: people who use Norton,
1: yeah, had the game because like because that's, that's, that's one of the that's one of the safeguards. Is like if not a lot of people have something, they they kind of. You know, they throw up a flag and be like, "Hey, like this might not be what you think it is." But yeah, this when I load it up from Steam, it's just like, "Yeah, less than five people in our our system, our network have this .exe." So it doesn't be, are bode you well sure for it? Bethesda. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's unfortunate. You know, I mean, it is like in the morning on a Friday. It's possible that like there's people just you know because it went up went live real late last night, so it's possible just people haven't started it up up yeah. yet. You know, they're waiting until they get home from work today, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But that's the first time I've ever started up what I would consider a AAA game on Steam and had that warning pop up.
0: I'm wondering, too, if after it's all said and done with this game and after what happened with Dishonored 2, if Bethesda doesn't start to second-guess it's
1: we're not sending out review code early. Somewhat. Or just second-guessing, I mean, look, uh, this thing's getting advertised just fine. Like It's yeah. on every, It's on a bunch of stuff. It's on on-demand stuff. You're getting commercials for it. Like It's not like they're, they're spending hiding on it, yeah. but are people buying it? Like, it didn't work on Dishonored. Why? It, and, and it's like, it'd be a shame if it didn't work, because Arcane is is one of the only games in town making these kinds of games. Typically what happens with
0: a successful game, and this was true on game trailers and it's true on Sifted as well, is the game is announced and you have the big spike in interest. And then as the marketing program sort of takes flight, it dips down a little bit and then it keeps going down and going down until it kind of gets to the middle of its development cycle. And then, as the release date starts to come, it starts to creep back up again. And what happened with this game was the big spike, and then just a steady down. It never really got that spike over the last like month or two, where people are like, "Oh, that's right, this is coming out now. I need to start checking it out to see if I want to buy it." Like it hasn't happened with this game. So, in one of those, and that kind of happened with Dishonored too as well. It people were interested at first. Hey, I remember liking Dishonored. And then it seemed like as more media, and more media came out, it just the numbers for it just started dwindling and dwindling. It never got that pop at the end, and this seems to be happening with Prey as well. And uh, I just wonder if they, they had a review embargo up, and it came out, the, the reviews came out a week beforehand. I'm assuming this game is going to review pretty well based upon what I've played has, so far. It, it's
1: been reviewing pretty well. Yeah, they have, people put out reviews already. Same some reviews. Yeah. How's that possible? Magic.
0: What the hell? How's that possible? Nobody had the game before
1: yesterday. I think they played a few hours of it and wrote a review.
0: I can't imagine people do that.
1: You think people finish the game before they put the review out? Yeah. Oh.
0: Really? (laughs) Are you kidding? Like, no. I know there were magazines back in the day. Some do, I'm sure. But, like,
1: hell, man, back in the day when we, we, you know, remember when we would get uh, reviews back at, I mean, it's kind of before your time, actually, because I had the problem mainly before you took over as editorial, but, like, They'd give me, like, you know, for long games, RPGs where they give me memory cards of, like, oh, the reviewer sent in their saves. I'm like, and the save is, you know, it's like a 60-hour RPG, and the save's, like, 15 hours in. Uh. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, you know, you can't pay, pay a freelancer... You know, hundred bucks to like waste sixty hours of their life playing an RPG. So like, I, I think that you know play enough to get a taste of. I mean, I don't believe those Persona Five reviews were you know were finished. Was, I have a hard
0: time understanding how they did that. I mean, look,
1: if you played fifty hours or something, I think you're pretty qualified yeah. to give an opinion. You're on You're right. It. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't think you need to. You know, as long as
0: you don't lead on, like you right. actually finish the game.
1: But like I know you I know you have a have a very strict code of finishing the game before you write your yeah. review. I think you're a bit of a unicorn wow. in that regard. I'm disappointed to hear that. That but is that is my I don't have any hard proof of that. I it's not like I went around and interviewed all the current reviewers in in yeah, yeah. game journalism, <laughs> but like I feel like you are a little unusual in in your yeah. hardline stance on that. Well, I do I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just yeah. saying you're one of the old guard.
0: Back in the uh, GameCube era there were reviews that went up for Eternal Darkness in magazines a month before the game came out. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, a month. Mm -hmm. And they had not got the game, because I was friends with people Mm -hmm. at EGM, and that was when EGM was the shiznit. They got everything before anybody. So if I was ever trying to track down code, I would just contact them in an IRC chat, (laughs) which is funny. (laughs) And I'd be like, "Hey, did you guys get this yet?" And they're like,
1: That's "Slack for old people."
0: Yeah, IRC. <laughs> and uh, they'd be like, "No." And I knew if they didn't get it, nobody got it. Mm. And then you'd see reviews in like Stuff magazine or like oh, Maxim, like, like, like
1: the lad mags, were yeah, like, yeah. The, were the ones where it's like, "You're like what? Like what?" Remember the Angel of Darkness thing? That's right. Remember oh remember yeah, that? yeah, where, like, yeah. You they gave a, it a nine or whatever. Got an A. You, got, yeah. you gave it an A, and the reviewer was like, "I gave that like a C and they like they I, they. Redid the whole thing and like, dude, Angel of Darkness. I mean, that game was like a one. Oh, that was terrible. It was just busted garbage. Remember, we sat in the in the game lab at uh, Tech TV and like laughed at it. Yeah, yeah. Whole, like for hours. Well, I remember the
0: one. Yeah, like the very first beginning of the game. Like, basically, just clipped through Lara's head, yep. and you could see the back of her eyeballs in <laughs> <and> her character. <laughs> while we were like, what the hell's going yeah. on? It's yeah, not yeah. Way to do that. Um, so anyway, we'll probably talk about this game again next week once we played it for more, yeah. but. Uh, we did want to give you our initial impressions because we I know a lot of you guys are sitting there. It's Friday night, and girls. Uh, it's Friday night. You did maybe just got paid. You got that money sitting in your bank account. You're wondering whether you should go buy pray. Uh, so we wanted to give you at least a little bit of guidance before you decided to pull the trigger or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're pretty accurate. Like, if you've enjoyed games like this in the past, System yeah, it, Shock, It feels Bioshock. like
1: they're, you know, they're doing it right in terms of, you know, making a kind of a spiritual System Shock... Predi- you know, in a way that Bioshock wasn't. Yeah. In the sense Bioshock was a more combat-oriented, whereas... Bioshock this, was like the casual System Shock, I guess, yeah, the best Yeah, this way feels a little more true to the pedigree, I For would sure. say. Um, and if you... Yeah. I got it off of uh, Green Man Gaming for like 45 bucks, which that's, that's great. the right price for me. Yep. So. A <laughs> winner. <laughs> so, and I think that deal's still going. So, Yeah. There you I go. I would recommend it. And I have had no, no problems running it. Uh, everything, that's a big deal. Every, you know, which is, you know, Dishonored 2 didn't work barely at all yeah. on launch day. Uh, this one runs just fine. Everything maxed out, 1440p, no problem. You know, so And I haven't seen any serious... The one, the one problem I've seen, which I just thought was funny, was people on Reddit were saying that um, if you have the old Prey installed on the same hard drive and you install this one, it overwrites the old Prey because it installs the same folder by default. We, we were
0: actually talking about this before it we went live. Which
1: is one way of erasing your non-Bethesda history, I yeah. suppose.
0: <laughs> we were talking what, about this... What first Prey game? Oh, get it out of here. This recent trend of it's not even that recent it's been happening for like half a decade now of these reboots that use the same exact Mm -hmm. title as an older game it is so annoying tomb raider yeah especially when you're dealing with like a database because it's like how do you differentiate between tomb raider from the 90s versus tomb raider that comes out in the aughts
1: and most people would say uh the one that doesn't suck and the one that does
0: (laughs) so what do you do you put tomb raider
1: the one that doesn't suck I feel like that would be a refreshing way to title something.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Because another thing is that our our website does a lot of stuff automatically. So it goes and gets ESRB information automatically. It just goes and Mm. fetches it from ESRB.com. And we get a lot of Metacritic data coming in automatically that fetches and scrapes from Metacritic. And... There's two issues. There's this one we're talking about where the games are titled the same exact thing mm-hmm. and it doesn't know which one to grab so it just grabs nothing or it grabs like an error message. And then the other problem is the Roman numerals versus mm. just regular numerals. So like uh, Darksiders was just announced. Darksiders 3. Um, if you look at the way the publisher is spelling it, it's dark, Darksiders with Roman numerals. Three eyes. Mm-hmm. But... A lot of times you go to Metacritic and they'll use the number three instead of the... And then you, it's just this constant hassle. And then websites will... Metacritic don't care. It doesn't. It, but neither do the, all the
1: websites either because... Yeah. Wikipedia usually. I notice the Wikipedia people are anal enough that they make sure that the, the Roman numeral or the Arabic numeral, it's, it's whatever is basically in the, in the game's logo. Yep, so are
0: we. We're like that too. Like we use Roman numerals if they use it, we use the number if they use it. But a lot of websites, because they're so concerned about SEO... Right. They figure most people, the when they Google something, if they Google Titanfall 2, they're not going to use... They're not going to type They're just going to use the yeah. number 2. So, and it just ends up throwing... Guilty. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of, that's <laughs> yeah. the way it is. So, it, it causes a lot of database issues that we have to go back and, like, constantly check. And, like, when a mm. game comes out, sometimes we'll go back and we'll try to manually scrape Metacritic or whatever. But, uh, but anyway, off on another tangent, as we tend to do. So... Yep. Imagine how film critics feel about the Rocky series. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, all these game series now—they're up to like part five, part six, part seven. It's mm. like Final Fantasy fifteen was the worst. Nobody used the Roman numerals; everybody used mm. one five
1: instead of the Romans. So well, I'm waiting for um, when they reboot Gears of War and they just call it Gears. Yeah, that'd be better than just calling <laughs> it Gears of War. Or the next one just be called Gears, and the S will be a five. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that actually might happen. Remember Driver when it used, like... The oh, yeah. I remember Driver. <laughs> I have a lot of stories from that press
0: press event. Yeah, so... All right, let's move on. Next, we're going to talk about a new piece of hardware that just came out of nowhere from Nintendo this week. Um, the new 2DS XL. Mm. There's been so many permutations and combinations of the 3DS at this point that they're starting to, like, cross them together. Because yep. remember, the 2DS was... Basically, it looked like an etch-a-sketch. Right. It had the two screens, but it wasn't clamshell. It was like a tablet
1: almost, um, and that was supposed to be made for kids. Yeah, with no two D, no three D, because three D damages child kids. children's eyes or yep. something. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know the research on that. But yep. And then they put out the three D. Warning every time that thing starts up.
0: Yeah. And then they put out the three D ds XL, mm-hmm. which had a faster processor and an analog nub, like a C stick right. kind of. And uh, yeah.
1: And then, was there a new 3DS in there, or was that just the new 3DS? Yeah. I think that was, was it. It was 3DS, 3DS XL, new 3DS, new 3DS XL. No. It was 3DS, mm-hmm. 3DS XL, the bigger one, then new, new 3DS. 3DS. So there was never a vanilla new 3DS. A small 3DS. No. Huh. New 3DS. No.
0: There okay. was <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's insane trying to figure this crap out. And then the 2DS. And now this one is called... The new 2DS
1: XL? Mm-hmm. Is it called new or is it just 2DS I XL? New. I want to say it's new. Because <laughs> it is new. It's just like They're new, always new. It's like kind a of new Super Mario Brothers and New Super Mario Brothers, even though New Super Mario Brothers is like 11 years old right now.
0: Yeah. And it's still called New, new Super Mario. <laughs> it's so bad. So, anyway, this device, though, has actually turned out to be all of those prior ones smashed together mm-hmm. into one unit. So. Minus the 3D. Minus 3D! Because nobody uses that, apparently. Do you think that they really did research on that to see
1: if people actually... Because I... You know what? I still do use the 3D sometimes. I don't. I I forget it can do that. Really? Like, there's... And I I think one of the big pieces of evidence that Nintendo has sort of given up on that is that Pokemon Sun and Moon do not have 3D Yeah. I mean...
0: Well, this is the biggest of them all. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, before this. But
1: I think the fact that, like... Also, like... You know, along those lines. Look, it has let, NFC in it, right. but it does not have 3D. Well, let's admit that, like, I mean, a lot of people are going to have use this for Pokemon.
2: Yeah, let's, sure. It's
1: a Pokemon machine to some degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like it because I don't, I don't use the 3D. Uh, I prefer the larger screen, especially if the, I mean, I know there's that kind of like ongoing thing about like there's two different kinds of quality of particular screens that Nintendo uses in the in the, the 3DS XL, and there's like there's one girl on YouTube who like has like made it her quest in life to get because you can't tell which one you'll get. Oh. So you because there's two That's different crazy. there's two different kinds of screens for both the bottom and the top and like you can tell which it is because uh, if you tilt it it either stays looking bright and colorful and normal or you it kind of fades out like a, like looking at an LCD from the side kind uh-huh. of thing. And and the good ones they stay bright. Like they Weird. have a larger view an- viewing angle. And so it depends it's on the a, factory it was made in pretty much. Like no one really knows exactly why I don't think or what the pattern is, but like there's ones where like it's like you're pretty much guaranteed to get them i don't remember it's top or bottom but you're pretty much guaranteed to get them i think on the top but the but having the touch screen be the good screen is unusual so the idea is to try and find it one it would suck
0: if you had the, the most
1: common is good, good on good one, one side and bad on the other or both bad and like the i the like the, the 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 unicorn that everybody wants that this girl wants to find is one that has the good screen on of both, both. <laughs> and I've seen her YouTube videos where she has certain number of YouTube. I can't remember her name on YouTube, but she has like these videos where she has stacks of all the different versions and like different editions of them. Like people what? trying to figure out if one's more like. a And I think she did eventually finally get one. Oh really? And I believe she did it by actually contacting Nintendo and saying with one of her new systems and saying, uh, "It I doesn't." Got I, I got screen. one with this crappy screen. Can you give me one that? And they did actually replace wow. it with with the one that has both. But now I'm wondering if this one will have both good screens by default. And it will all have been for nothing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Her um, whole YouTube channel just although, all she, for nothing. Although if
1: she likes the 3D, then I guess it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Um, also, everybody gotta have a hobby. Yeah. It's um, true. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I I didn't hate the idea of the 2DS originally because I don't use the 3D. You know. mean the flat one? Well, I I did hate that. Yeah. Because the, the clamshell <laughs> thing is good to me because Convenient. I I you know you fold it up, it's protected. The screen's not bouncing around against stuff in your bag. You like can it's, carry it places. Yeah, that it makes it portable. You can fit and fit it in your pocket. It's good. you yeah. know. Uh, so I might get one of these. Yeah? Um, at the very least, is like a backup. Because I have a new 3DS XL, but like if anything ever happens to that thing, I have a huge 3DS and DS library that I would not want to like not play anymore. So I might just get this to keep and like you know have it have it as my backup DS. I
0: still have the original 3DS, the black
1: one. I have all my old DS. But I I switched actually no, I don't have my original three DS because I gave it to my niece. Oh. Because she broke her DS. I
0: still have the first one and the DS, not the three DS. I ended up having like three iterations of that.
1: DS, I had the original which I ax I bought I bought impulse bought the original DS cuz I walked into a Best Buy and it was the day the game the system came out yeah. and I didn't know it right I walk it was right after we moved to LA like the at fall I think and I walked in with Jason Chung we were looking for DVDs and I walked in, I'm like, oh, that thing, uh, the, the, that new handheld system launched. And I'm like, I'm going to buy it. So I did. Oh, Jason Chung is Johnny Extreme, by the way. For
0: any of you yeah. guys who ever watched, watched all X-Play. our tech TV and X-Play stuff. Although
1: arguably more famous as the voice of Bob from Splinter Cell Co-op. That's Theater, true. Oh, yeah. Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's a good um, point. But, uh, So I just picked that up because I'm like, oh, oh, really cool, great. And so I have. I think I have that. I have a DSi. I have a whatever came after that. I have a original. Had the original 3DS day one with the ambassador thing and yeah, all that too. stuff. That's what I still have. And then I got the the 3DS XL, the new, the big one. I'm still I'm, playing on that. Those little like, those dinky screens don't bother me. I'm an old man with well the the dinky. It's a little better on the dinky screens because they're built for that resolution. So right. you can see it. You know, it, the, the blowing them up on the the XL kind of them, yeah. you can tell it's not meant to be seen like that. But. Yep. But I like the big, chunky thing, and I like the the extra analog nub, so I deal with it. That's I wish a... I had the analog nub, and I wish I had the better processor. Yeah. yeah. Not
0: that there are many games I mean, i i I mean, the new 3DS, uh,
1: the main thing that spurred me to get that was uh, Xenoblade. Right. And that um, required... You required it. It was yeah. one of the few only on the new 3DS. Well, I think you could try to play it on the original, but it ran at like
0: 15 frames a second or something. I never tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Nintendo knows hardware as well as anyone, and it it continues to kind of splinter its user base with the 3DS. This the main late. thing
1: about this seems to be like you know, uh, so much for committing to the Switch as your sole platform. Kind of, I mean, they're really not. They're 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 hedging their bet pretty hard. Uh, yeah. With with the, the the DS install base still.
0: How do you like the color scheme? How it's like two toned on the top.
1: It has like the black insert and like. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I don't. I don't really care about the colors of things too much. No, not so much. Um, I mean, it's not like I'm carrying around a portable Nintendo system as a fashion statement. Yeah, yeah. good point. Uh, <laughs> you pick up the ladies. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Look
0: at what I got. Cerulean
1: blue. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, that oh, was fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind. It, it looks different from the normal three DS. Yeah. I have the black one. This I mean, let's be honest. So. This
0: is going to be the last three DS. Yeah. This will be. It's not even a three DS. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It's not a 3DS. It's the last DS. It's the last DS, I guess. Yeah. Is it, though? Yeah.
1: Someone should make, like, that parody trailer of the last DS or like, The Last Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) But this will be the last iteration of this hardware. There's one thing I know about the the 3DS and the 2DS is that they need to end.
0: Yeah. I'd agree (laughs) with that a thousand percent. Thanks, Luke. But I think you can buy this one and, it's, and you know that another better model is not going to come out. This should be the yeah, end I'd of that like line.
1: This is probably the uh, the period at the end of the sentence for, yeah. the, for, the, for the DS line, I would say. And, never, look, gonna, just, and even, I think, didn't they say uh, today that um, uh, that Fire Emblem is coming up as the last uh, 3DS Fire Emblem? Yeah. So it, you know, We'll actually talk about that here in a little bit. It so. looks like they are indeed... Um, Winding down their the 3DS support, and it's going to shift to uh, the Switch. Yeah,
0: I got to hand it to Nintendo because a lot of people were skeptical about the 3DS because it was coming into the market when mobile was taking over. Mm-hmm. A lot of analysts were saying it has no chance; it won't be successful. And, and while, while
1: it was not as successful as its predecessor, right. but I think it's. I don't successful. think it's possible
0: to. Oh yeah, I mean, there's what 50 million of them out there, or something yeah. like
1: that. I mean, it, it's just—it's like the Wii. It's like you know, oh well. In comparison, you know, the, the DS was a sensation. It was like it was just the right thing at the right time. You know, just like the Wii was the the right fad at the right time, basically. And it's like anyone—if you're kind of saying like, well, you know, yes, the Wii U was a pro was a not a success because it sold like 10 million units, but like. You know, it's not like if it sells like fifty million units. You're like, well, the Wii sold a hundred. Yeah, well, the Wii was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like you know. Well, they're
0: throwing around now though that they think the Switch might sell as well as the Wii. Yeah, well, I believe that's that. That's what Nintendo's saying. Believe that when I see it. I will too. But uh, that's what they're saying right now. First, that first be they gotta the make night. that many. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's a good point. All right, let's move on. Next, we're gonna talk about an oldie, and I'm not so sure a goodie. I liked it. So, Phantom Dust was. The, a remaster, I don't know if it was even initially announced as a remaster.
1: It was uh, no one. I don't think anyone's really sure. It sounded like it was a new version of the game. It right. sounded like it was either a sequel or a reboot kind of thing. Shown right, basically at the beginning
0: of the Xbox One's yeah, like
1: right right at the dawn of the bone.
0: Yep, one of the first games that they showed and promoted, um, and then it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, like like
1: so many things. Yeah, uh, from that era. Seriously,
0: um, and then Microsoft went on record saying it's cancelled, we've mm. we're not going back to it or whatever. And then just out of nowhere, a couple months ago, Phil Spencer says, Oh, it's coming now. And not only that, it's probably going to come out before E three. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but Polygon did publish the first gameplay from the I don't even know what you call it. Reworked. Uh, remaster. More is or, it? or less. Yeah. I don't know. I read an interview, and the guy said that they're using the assets as they were. Yeah. He said that they were...
1: They're up it, basically.
0: He said that they were blown away by how good the assets were from this game. Yeah, from I watched the, I watched the
1: uh, was it the Polygon, like, interview-slash-gameplay video Yeah, of it? we're seeing it right now, actually. Yeah. Um, and the, the guy basically said, like, yeah, this is... They didn't have to redo a whole... They had to redo some of the programming and all that stuff, but they... One, they they were given the uh, I guess the final compiled code, but they were they the source code is lost. Yeah, so, they lost the source code. Uh, so they had to kind of you know kind of dig into it and figure it out themselves. Uh, everything in this is the Xbox One version. Like when like there's the signs and stuff on buildings. Are legible. You can read them now. Right. But you could. Oh, they're the textures from the Xbox the original Xbox version. Yeah. Like they, they were always that high res. Right.
0: The assets that they made for this game when they built it for Xbox was were like above and beyond yeah. what they
1: needed to be. And they even found. Uh, he said they found the original uh, cinematics, like the FMVs, uncompressed. Wow. Which were like so the like the in, the cinematic intro, the pre-rendered intros. They found them uncompressed, like the intro is 40 gigs.
2: Wow. The 40 gig file
1: <laughs> that they, comp- it's something like that. They compressed it down to like f- like 14 megs or 40 megs or something. Wow. I don't remember the exact numbers. I might be off on those both of those numbers. But it was some crazy huge number of gigs that they compressed down to like 400 megabytes or That's something. That's nice to have, yeah. Um, and so they found those and they were able to remaster it. Like basically, they can use them uh, with much better, because this was from 2004. And like the compression yeah. was pretty. Two thousand three, two thousand four in there somewhere, and the the compression you know it didn't really look good even then in terms of compression. And it's funny like looking at this because that's the guy you play as throughout the main story, uh, the guy that the character yeah, that he's playing as right here. And I remember playing this game on the original Xbox and wondering what the hell his jacket was because uh, his jacket <laughs> his jacket was just sort of a weird muddy jumble of like green and white and black and you yeah. could is it like a design does it say something is it a picture and now it's yeah it's just a design but it actually looks better and they all made they made it sixteen by nine uh, obviously it runs well at, I thought they said there was only parts of it that they could get up to sixteen by nine no they said they the thing runs at, they got it up to sixteen by nine they can't they ha, it only runs at thirty frames a second yeah. that's their limitation is uh. Like thirty frames a second was pretty much hard coded into the game. Um, is it the
0: cinematics maybe that are? 4 that by that 3? would be yeah, because
1: you can't. Yeah, I think those. that's what it is. Yeah, but the game—it's anything real time is sixteen by nine, it's ten eighty p, and uh, it's—I mean, this—if you've never played this game and you probably—I mean, maybe you probably haven't. Maybe sifters probably have because yeah. they're, they're a pretty hardcore bunch. But yeah. like. Uh, even then, like, there's a lot of people who just didn't have a uh, an Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. Um, unless you're a big Halo nut, and if you're a big Halo nut, you probably didn't play this. You game. just played Halo. Um, <laughs> it's like, God, this is hard. Like, it's it's a, a card battle. It's kind of a card battle. Yeah, like, like you're, you can see here, like, um, the the you can't really see because it it's covered by our our graphic, but in the lower right corner, you see it says like Flame Sword with a three on it. So each of those buttons, if I remember correctly, each of those buttons there, so it's four buttons in the cardinal di- cardinal directions, and they each com- uh, correspond to the buttons on the, on the face of the controller. And you can see it says three, and so he's got, like, three uses of flame sword. And you, that's what they're doing running around picking up the little orbs yeah. earlier on, is that's where you get, your, basically, your cards from. And it's like a battle arena, sort of Power Stone-ish sort of thing, where you just sort of have these abilities uh, that, you know, you have your, your deck... And that determines what you can potentially pick up from the orbs. Like, you build your deck ahead of time. Yeah. In the original game, you had to play the campaign, which is really long. It is. Like, yeah. really. Like Did you like it when it came out? I man? really liked it. Did actually. you? Um, it didn't. It was clunky. My trigger, man. It was clunky, and it was sort of weird. It still looks and clunky. <laughs> really obtuse in places, but it's just, there's just nothing else like it. Like oh, I agree with that. It's. uh... Like I I I dug it. I I I like the idea of it maybe more than the execution to some degree, but it yeah. was just so damn weird. Like it was The
0: music th- in this game is incredible by yeah, the way. Yeah, the music
1: was really good. Um the story is pretty standard weird vague post-apocalyptic anime crap. Yeah. Um but like if you dug kind of the power stone sort of like psychic force, like it's very much kind of like a, you know, psychic like you know, magician Anime people throwing, except like they're more like Fist of the North Star rather than like yeah. you know like uh, Yu Yu Hakusho or whatever that is. Um, I'm sure, I pronounced that wrong, but it's. Then uh, someone will tell you about it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but it's just it's it's hard to describe beyond like yeah you're kind of playing a. Like an action arena fighter, but all your moves are determined by a like card, card game. Yeah. I guess, I mean, a Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories isn't totally off base. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lost Kingdoms or or, or and Kaitos. like there's a little bit of relation there. But this is more of a fighting game that's based on... The deck of moves you pre-build for your
0: character. Do you think that this game is what people expected whenever they showed that cinematic
1: Phantom Dust trailer? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I'm a big fan of this, and even I find the fact that it's basically just like a like a it's just a port. It's a, it's an emulated version of the original yeah. game, more or less. Um, I mean, it is priced right. I, I, they said we'd be happy with the price. They couldn't say what. I mean, I, that to me that says it's twenty bucks. That's um, maybe
0: pushing it a little bit. But, uh, but it is a big game. I guess you get a lot of entertainment I out mean, of it's, it. I mean,
1: it's it's a long game. And they've added, uh, basically, a, you know, you have more things unlocked earlier uh, so you can jump into multiplayer. Because uh, right. the thing was with the original... Yeah, I
0: totally forgot it had uh, online, oh, yeah, ol- online multiplayer. Oh, all online multiplayer. That was what I
1: played a lot because it was so weird. Um, but the other thing was like to actually... Um, Uh, play multiplayer you had to build your decks out of what you'd unlocked in the campaign and it took forever to unlock tons of useful stuff in the campaign so basically you had to play hours and hours and hours of single player to even start playing multiplayer but now they've changed it so you get kind of a a basic set of cards early on and uh, and you can jump in earlier and then if you really want, I guess they're doing mic- microtransaction unlock everything for like a few bucks or something, just if you don't want to bother with the story, which some people will not, because it is pretty slow and deliberate, and as a matter of fact, like after watching this uh, I, I, I realized like, yeah, Persona 5 does kind of remind me of this, just in terms of the pacing, yeah, in terms of like okay, you're going to listen to all these conversations, all these people talk back and forth in text, and then, okay, now you get to play. Oh, it's been five minutes, you're done now. Like, <laughs> so no, yeah. time to listen to more plot exposition. Doesn't it seem odd to you that this game was revived? Very. Like, that, if, if, you, if you were going to, like, say, like, pick, a, pick a game... That we canceled for Xbox One right. that was supposed to be an exclusive. Yeah, but also just, like, pick a game that will be resurrected in some form from the first half of the, you know, the 2000s. Uh, that you think will never come back. Uh, this would probably be in my top five games that no, <laughs> one, no one would ever touch again. But even just talking about, like, you know, there was a certain little game by Platinum
0: that was canned that looked a hell of a lot better than this one. Like, why would they revive the development on this? Yeah, probably
1: because this was cheap. Really?
0: Really? Ah. You know, we've been talking on this show for months about Microsoft's issue with a lack of exclusives. Mm-hmm. And well, here's your
1: exclusive. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, this is what we're going to get? Like, Well, I feel like this is not, like, preventing us from getting anything else. It just feels like they already had some kind of project going on. You can, Here you can see they're picking their cards, quote-unquote. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, I don't feel like this is robbing us of anything else. Uh, at the very least, it's nice to see that they're willing to take a chance on something that will almost certainly not be much of a hit. Um, but it does kind of beg the question of why you would bail on... Man, those character designs are ugly. Um, <laughs> but why you would bail on uh, Scalebound scale bound and continue on... Continue them.
0: with a project like this. I like, mean, clearly if they've, they've thrown
1: some money into this thing already and, like... You gotta wonder because it wasn't it was a different developer that it was yeah, making yeah. originally. So like, who how knows? did a
0: developer bail on this game? How could they not get this game cable?
1: This whole this whole <laughs> thing is screaming for like a Jeff Keeley postmortem. It really is. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, the final like, days
0: or whatever. Yeah,
1: or not. Like just wait until like it's over. The sales are done. Everything's you know you can you know you hit the point like where like you can kind of talk about stuff more honestly. Yeah. You know when like you're not everyone's not worried about fitting into the PR and marketing plan and the game sold what it's going to sell, and, like, it's time to kind of, like, come clean on some of this stuff. Like, there's that kind of, you know, year later, 18 months later sort of thing. Like, I'd love to see someone like Keeley, like, go to these these guys and be like, all right. What happened? How? Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell? Like, because they're already telling some pretty interesting stories in this Polygon interview about, like, what it was like to get their hands on the code and all the things they found in it and all the different, like, surprises and how, you know, like, early... 2000s, like you know, not just early 2000s, how you organized code and how you dealt with your code, but also how Japanese developers dealt with it. Right. Like how it was, it was a very different philosophy yeah, then. yeah. And like is I, I mean, the guys who made this and the guys who made the, this game are super big fans of, of the original. Um, so clearly there's some passion here. Like, I feel like the guys who did this remaster, whatever you want to call it, like are going to have some tales to tell. Yep. Both in terms of how they would made this thing and in terms of how it came about, or how they convinced Microsoft to do it, or how Microsoft told them to do—I mean, I can't even theorize how this how this happened.
0: And the real problem is, is that Microsoft doesn't have a tale to tell. I mean, we I got Gears of War four and Forza Horizon three; those are the last exclusives. Recore. That came out before these, though, didn't it? I thought that was like October.
1: Yeah, but I'm
0: saying we have not got an Xbox One exclusive in 2017.
1: Well, yeah. Think about that. Is it true? I can't certainly, think of it. I mean, certainly like AAA, there's not been like a, single, like a little indie Xbox Live thing or anything. Not even, not I can't even think
0: of like an indie
1: exclusive for Xbox. K- killer... There's in- been a couple a new season of Killer Instinct. <laughs> there's, <there've> been a, <laughs> there's
0: been a couple Halo
1: Wars games that aren't available on PlayStation Four but are available on PC. Right, Halo Wars Two is. I mean, well, I mean, we know that everything's you know PC and Xbox now. Yeah. So Halo Wars Two and the Halo Wars One. Remaster. I guess you're right.
0: That is Halo Wars Two. That is... That would be one. the only
1: thing I can think That's it. of. I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, putting
0: all their eggs in the fall. I guess this is not. For the, the, the remedy to their
1: their woes, right? Probably now. not, but I'm happy about it. So yeah, I
0: mean, unfortunately,
1: I'm, I am not the entire console market. So yeah. you're you're gonna have to do a little better than that. And I think a lot of people who might be interested around. in this
0: game played it back when it came out on the Xbox.
1: I don't. I can't really imagine. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some curious people that kind of dig it, but like most, it really feels like it's for the niche of a niche that was a the fan fan base for this, of which I am one of them. Um, I mean, but I mean, the fan. thing is, like, I don't feel like you look at this game and be like, "Oh, I gotta play that." Right? You know, it's I like mean, it's not. It... You're a fan of this game. Will you play it again? Yeah. I'll You'll play really again. play
0: play it again? Oh yeah. Wow.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'll play the whole thing, but like, I'll definitely buy it and play it.
0: Wow. I wouldn't even touch this game.
1: <laughs> I really would. <laughs> it is
0: not worth my time. Well, you can, in this day and age.
1: Yeah. Well, you still played 150 hours of Persona. So.
0: Yeah, Persona is a good game still, and it's a new game.
2: Yeah.
0: I played this game. 15 years
1: ago? About that. Close. It's crazy. 14, 13. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game we actually mentioned last week. Well, we did more than mention it. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, Code Vein. Uh, we talked about it last week. All we had was that teaser trailer, that already teaser trailer. Uh, this week, they finally showed off gameplay for the first time. Uh, we've been, we were kind of insinuating that it was going to be Dark Souls with vampires or something along those lines. That's not exactly what we got. No. Um, that what we're seeing now is a teaser trailer from a couple weeks ago, and we were trying to make guesses based upon this. Um, but then we got the real McCoy. Um, it's certainly a Dark Souls
1: clone. Is what, it? You don't think? I, mean, I just see a lot of uh, God Eater in it. Really? Yeah. Like it, it looks like it just it has that kind of God Eater's like small bosses
0: it. though, basically. And this you know, game it, has, like, the progression through the levels does, and the like, rank and file just the, way, just
1: the way it looks like they move and, and fight feels a little more god-eater, monster-hunter-ish to me.
0: Well, the big difference, really, is that you have another partner with you. It's not you mm. fighting by yourself. You have, I don't know if it's online co-op, if other people can play with you, or if it's just AI-driven... But there's two characters that fight together through this know. game.
1: Given the developer's pedigree, I'd be pretty shocked if it was not online co-op capable. Right. And how does that change
0: the dynamic of the Souls template? Having somebody else with you?
1: It doesn't, because that's like a big part of Souls. I guess.
0: I never played it that way. I always played most, it by most myself. People,
1: most people play pretty cooperatively. Really? In fact, there's, there was a lot of demand to have more easy... To access co-op op- options, and as the Souls games progressed, and indeed, From, did put easier ways to kind of link up with people in there. Um, yeah, people. I mean, that's one of the reasons I had such a hard time uh, when I was trying to review Dark Souls Two. Was like I had to play it by myself because all the servers were, were off. Right. And then when I played it, when the retail came along, because I was because I liked that game, so I wanted to play it again in retail. And I and I finally, I the servers were up, so I'm like, oh, well, I remember this boss. I hated fighting this boss, so I'm gonna I'm gonna summon help. I'm going to summon another player. I'm going to summon my son, bro. And, uh, we went in and we just d- just destroy. I mean, I am like, holy shit, this game is easy as fuck with people and with other people! Like, like, no wonder! No wonder this is how this, you know, like, when you got friends with you in Dark Souls, it's, it's, you just ripping people apart if you got people that know what they're doing. Right. Of right. But um. So yeah. Like yeah. I think the co-op, uh, jolly cooperation, is absolutely uh, part of uh, Dark Souls. But this is different this, because this is, this is built around it in a, right. in a more constant and permanent way. Because it
0: basically. appears that if you don't have a human
1: controlling that character, that character still is, there. is yeah. still there. Which again, you could summon NPCs as well in Dark Souls, but they weren't. They're mostly useful as bait. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just use them to basically
0: get the enemy away so you can come in and attack from behind. Right. It's,
1: just like, it's like, well, they're not. A, the, the NPCs in the Dark Souls games are like, well, they're not attacking me right now. Yeah. So, so that's good. That's about all you get.
0: So this game, to me, appears very Japanese. Mm-hmm. With the Souls series, like with aesthetic, Bloodborne. Aesthetic yeah. yeah. With Bloodborne.
1: <coughs> they weren't that way. They yeah, were. You, you wouldn't see that, that. The the bikini girl with the eye patch and the anime hair as a boss in Dark Souls. Just look at the
0: eyes of the characters. I mean, that's yeah. the dead giveaway. They're total anime eyes. Oh yeah. Do you think that that limits its appeal worldwide? Because Dark Souls, obviously a Japanese game, but when you looked at it, it didn't look like it was a Japanese game.
1: No, I mean, I don't know how much of the of, of a turn off the anime art style is for Dark Souls. I don't. I, have no idea what the overlap between people who hate anime and people who love dark, <laughs> people who love Dark Souls is. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't have. I don't even have a guess on that one. What What are your impressions of this, Matt? Um, are you excited for it? You're a big Souls guy. I don't know. I mean, I just I feel like I need to see more. I still feel you know, God Eater was not my favorite thing in the world because I don't like the Monster Hunter stuff very much. So I would have to. Basically, I would want to hear some feedback from hardcore Dark Souls players, uh, which I would not consider myself one, really. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to hear like some real hardline Dark Souls guys get their hands on this and give some some feedback and some impressions to le- kind of let me know if I want you know, kind of like how Neo was, where Neo came out and all the Dark Souls people were like, oh yeah, this is le- this is different but legit. Um, like I'd like to hear that this is different but legit, um, in you know, in a way that I guess Lords of the Fallen pretty much wasn't.
0: My, I guess one thing I would say is that Bloodborne as a spinoff I think worked because it, it still looked like it was kind of in the same universe mm-hmm. it kind of had that same aesthetic to it and I feel like players
1: well, made that jump somewhere.
0: very easily over to playing Bloodborne mm-hmm. it's almost like it was just a Souls game with some tweaks to the combat that sped up kind of the combat a little bit and then mm-hmm. a new sheen over top this looks like the farthest departure yeah, without a
1: doubt I mean, this looking at kind of the, the general footage here, it looks more like Dark Souls to me than Lords of the Fallen did. Yeah, um, I'll give you that. But Lords of the Fallen was a pretty uh, fly-by-night production, yeah. It felt like. You know, just, <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, like, if you're not turned off by the art style, I don't see why you wouldn't give it a, a shot, but it's not like this is going to be on the top of my wanted list anytime soon. I'll just kind of wait and see how it progresses, because how far out is this? This is uh, like next, next year. Next year.
0: Yeah. I wonder, too, if it'll be easy to market this game, whereas I think Bloodborne... I mean, the enemies
1: have a much more Dark Souls-y look to them overall than uh, the protagonists do. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, the rest of the game it
0: definitely looks more... But who's going to be on the box? Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the lead characters, for sure. I just wonder if it's going to be as easy... Or the lead characters back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be as easy to sort of promote this game to the fans of the franchise as it was for them to promote. I, I think
1: one of the reasons the Dark Souls fandom was as accepting of Bloodborne as it was because it was by the same people. Right. Um, this is a different this studio. This is not as well, yeah. uh, more or less unrelated. So uh, I think Souls fans will approach uh, Me Too games more carefully than they would with like something made by Miyazaki himself. Um, I think we we definitely saw that with Neo, um, but the smart thing that uh, Team Ninja did uh, with that was to put out all the different playable demos, take feedback into account. Like you know, they I think Neo really did it right in terms of approaching this fandom for this new sub genre. Well, I would say it was a new sub genre. It is of yeah. The action RPG. Yeah. Um, and. Um, Kind of come in and kind of slide in and be like, okay, here's our thing. What do you th- like, what do you think? Because you- like they know what their target is. Yeah. And um, I think Neo had a nice, you know, they had what, three demos. Yeah, they did. And they yeah. kind of had a nice back and forth. They made some changes. They made some tweaks. They said, how about this? Here's another piece. Here's another piece. And I think in the end, most Dark Souls fans who wanted more of that kind of game were pretty open to what Neo pre- presented them in the end, and it worked out. And so I mean, I mean, I don't know. Had a good first month. Yeah.
0: It didn't end up I thought it was going to sell really well at It didn't first. set
1: the world on fire, but it reviewed well and I think yeah. most people who reviewed liked really Dark Souls well. liked it. Yeah, And uh, you know, it could have been a disaster. You know. It, it, well, you're
0: talking about Koei Tecmo as yeah. well and Team Ninja whose pedigree had certainly fallen off a cliff over the last oh, yeah. seven or eight years. So, uh, certainly, yeah, a revival cer- certainly
1: no one was giving Team Ninja like the benefit of the doubt. Not point. anymore. But they uh, I think they they did pretty well on that. So I would say yeah if uh code vein can look to how neo approached being uh, a newcomer in that arena maybe, i mean i don't know how open bandai namco is to that kind of thing yeah um, but they've certainly handled the Souls games before, so maybe they would. Hopefully, they don't get caught up in the thing like, "Oh, we published the Souls game, so everybody's gonna tr-. like." No, Souls fans know. Yeah, there's a the difference between. Yeah, they definitely do. From software and the yeah. God Eater guys, I don't remember what the name of their studio is exactly. I think it's called like God, called Eater, God Eater Studio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you have you ever got hooked on a Monster Hunter game? No.
1: Never. No, I don't. I don't. You've never gone down that wormhole. I've tried. Few times, but I just, just didn't click I with you. Hate the way they f- feel. I got play.
0: totally addicted to Monster Hunter Try. Um, I've never really got into a Monster Hunter on handheld, which is where mm. its success generally yeah, lies. Yeah. But the claw. But um, I got to like the eighty or ninety hour mark on that game, and I just had to cut it off. I like I can see where this is headed. I played I'm the like mo- I'm
1: headed back down that Fantasy Star Online mm. hole, and I can't do the it. The one again. I played the most was Try. Yeah. Uh actually with the same people I played 400 hours of Fantasy Star Online with. Makes sense. Um but just never I was by, by you know 30 or 40 hours in I was playing it because they wanted to play it. I wasn't playing it because I liked it. Too many contrivances in that franchise for me. I just I never felt like I was cool. You know, <laughs> I never felt like I got to a point where I was like, you know, knew what exactly what I was doing and how to do everything. It felt, combat's clunky. It just and, felt real yeah. clunky and I, I there was just too much of that kind of I hate to keep saying jank, but it's just like...
0: (laughs) There's a reason the word exists. And, of course,
1: that one was the one where you had to hunt the things that were underwater, and I was like, is there anything less fun No, that did suck, uh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. So, like, I I get why people are super into it, but, like, it's just one of those, you know, the same way you are with Dark Souls. Like, I get why it's super popular. It's not for me. Yeah. At least not until it plays like Dark Souls or... Or or Ninja Gaiden or something, yeah. and still it plays like something a little more resembling kind of the action games I prefer. Now the combat, like I in would play Monster Hunter sucks. I would I play think. a platinum designed Monster Hunter in a heartbeat. Get on it. it that way. Yeah, I I didn't. Which is I'd kind never of, like of what I was hoping Monster Scalebound Hunter. was gonna be. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of looked know, that like com-
0: it. I don't know. That combat looks still looked a little jankified. Better than
1: Monster Hunter to me. I'd agree
0: with that. But <laughs> Monster Hunter's combat sucks in my opinion. Alright, let's move along. We're going to talk about a game that I never thought was real, Matt. I never did. These rumors have been swirling around for a while about a Mario Cross Rabbids RPG. Even now, saying it, it just sounds completely absurd and stupid. But this week, it resurfaced. Sources saying it's confirmed a done deal. Can you think of a more odd mashup of franchises than Mario and the Rabbids? Do you like the Rabbids, first of all?
1: Kinda. I mean, I don't think I've played a Rabbids game since the Wii, but, like, I do find them funny in spite of myself, I guess I would say. Also, like... They're like
0: a knockoff of the Minions.
1: Well, no, the Minions came after them.
0: Yeah. They're still a knockoff of the Minions.
1: (laughs) I just feel like they're... they're Ubisoft should be suing Universal for stealing the Rabbids. You think? The Minions are steals from the Rabbids. You think so? The minions post date. I mean, Despicable Me came way. Why well, of the that. date
0: date wise, but do you really think that they were
1: inspired by the rabbits? I don't see why it's not possible. The rabbits I mean, game, but... the Wii sold tremendous numbers, and the rabbits games were very popular. I have no problem believing some studio exec somewhere saw that and was like, "Oh, we'll just make them yellow and take the ears off them, and there we go." <laughs> well, I mean, rabbits are just rabbits. That's all they are. Well, yeah, but they're also like screaming crazy people. So, like, yeah. you know, they're basically. They talk the similarly. I'll say yeah. that much. Yeah. Ah, like that's, yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, yeah, they're a little more psychotic than the minions, but, like, there's definitely. I think there's probably a little bit of give and take there. The Rabbids game, not, there's never been a Rabbids game that sold well. Did the first one sell okay? No. Just by nature of being an early <laughs> Wii game? It, it really didn't. Then why do you keep making them?
0: I don't know. I mean, they make, like,. Michelle
1: Ancel really liked those things, I guess. I guess.
0: uh, They make animated shorts based around them as well. Uh, It's turned into this weird multi-platform property. We haven't seen a Rabbids game in a long time. There's, Mm -hmm. like, one for mobile, but there really hasn't been any console games for quite a
1: while. How do they fit together with Mario, though? Mario's had a lot of Rabbit imagery recently, so... What do you mean? Well, there's Grabbit in the new Super Mario Bros. games, and... uh... There was that rabbit he had to catch in Mario 64. Rabbits have always been at the, uh, an undercurrent of the of the Mushroom Kingdom. They're the, they're the well. I think
0: if you look at any animal they're the oppressed well.
1: minority <laughs> of uh, of the Mushroom Kingdom, and now they're going to rise up and uh, with their newfound uh, benefactors, the Rabbits, who are going to jump in from the, the Rayman world, and they're going to lead uh, the rabbits of the Mushroom Kingdom in a a violent and bloody revolt against the uh, oppressive monarchy that is headed by Princess Peach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't you think though that
1: if that makes as much sense as anything <laughs> it, and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever no. but don't
0: you but think, if you're if you gonna do this if you've got mario though and you're saying hey let's make a mashup rpg with some other franchise rabbits is like one of the last franchises i would ever think of for that i
1: don't know about that really well i mean i would say mario watchdogs would make me raise an eyebrow more mario assassin's creed I mean, have you seen super mario odyssey
0: it's still, in New Donk City, New Donk City is no
1: <laughs> Chicago. If Mario puts the hoodie on and starts murdering people in the name of his dead niece or whatever, then sure. Do you think Do
0: you think Nintendo is being brave with the Mario IP or stupid?
1: I think the Mario IP is more or less invincible, so do whatever the hell you want. Is like, it? Yes. Mario is as well known as Santa Claus. It's, yeah. It, there's no. He, as long as you don't completely biff Mario Odyssey, I think his side games are open. But I mean, don't you
0: think this is the kind of stuff that that could put a dent in something that's bulletproof? No. Doing these weird mashups with these other—I mean, it's unsettling to me that Mario is in like New York City.
1: No. I mean, if stickers if sticker star didn't kill him, nothing. Like <laughs> him. Um, <laughs> or the also, game like, that we're showing right now, by the way. Right. Also, which is I color think, splash. I think the uh, you know the fact that like Ubisoft has been of all the third parties, I think has been the most supportive of Nintendo's systems the last couple generations, and it makes sense to me that they would want to go in on some kind of joint thing. And and of Ubisoft's properties, I think the Ra- Rabbids or Rayman make the most sense. Well, sure, if you're talking about Ubisoft properties. But I'm saying, like, one, you didn't have to do this with Ubisoft at all.
0: And two, there's all these other franchises. Well, franchise- EA wasn't going
1: to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Ubisoft, based upon its support of the Switch so far, wasn't going to do it either. I mean, yeah. all it's put out is, like, Monopoly and all these other garbage games, like Just Dance. Like, it, it, it's, isn't it ironic that Ubisoft, who has been a staunch Nintendo supporter through its worst consoles. It it was the only real third-party supporter of the Wii U. Nintendo finally has a hit, a console hit, and Ubisoft is the one that decided not to support it. (laughs) The irony there is just crazy. It's like it's stuck by its side all this time. Nintendo finally gets another hit after the Wii, and it's Now it's It's, it's caught with its pants down, essentially. Mm.
1: And it seems to be scrambling to try to get software ready for it. Well, yeah, I think part of it is I think the third parties uh, that were going to support the Switch got the hardware real late. Yeah, that could be part Um, of it. Because otherwise, I don't, I mean... It's not like that architecture is like, you really needed... No, but at a certain point, it's like, well, if you're going to pack the launch window with ports and you know indie games and stuff like might as well hold your you know if you're ubisoft might as well hold your stuff until christmas i guess
0: i guess um all right so let's just talk about the game now do you have any faith in the mario rpg series at this point
1: uh i guess it depends which one or who's making it when was the last good one i liked bowser's inside story okay uh, but like the really the last one I thought was really good was probably Superstar Saga. If yeah, that's what we're talking. If that's the version we're talking yeah, about, yeah. And not like Paper Mario. Yeah, I like Superstar. It's been Saga a long lot.
0: time. It, it feels like the franchise has drifted to something that mm-hmm. I don't personally like, but undoubtedly something
1: completely different from what it started yeah. out. As. I mean, I haven't liked the Paper Mario since probably Thousand Year Door. That thousand-year door is um, definitely the last good Paper Mario. And uh, Mario, I mean, I enjoy the Mario RPGs, uh, like the Mario and Luigi games, just because. Like they're generally, I, generally they're different. I also generally like the writing in them. They play, yeah. they play with the characters. They play it a little. That's where I it. feel
0: like Color Splash completely fell flat, though. Yeah,
1: I yeah. I
0: feel like I could always count on this franchise at the very least to be funny. Yeah. and have great writing. And Color Splash, I don't know. To me, that was this franchise just completely crapping the bed.
1: No, I agree. I agree. Color Splash was pretty much a face plant, especially yeah. in terms of the writing. Yeah. Um, but, like, I still enjoyed, like, Partners in Time, which was a while ago, but, like, it wasn't the greatest, but, like, it, it was pleasant. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was nice, you know, it's, especially because, like, Mario and, and, and his crew don't really get a lot of personality very often, you know, and... And those games sort of provide it a little bit, and part of it is just chasing that dragon of trying to match uh, Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo, which I don't think they ever have. Um,
0: Shouldn't that be what they make, though, with this project? Shouldn't they just slap some rabbits on that style of game, that
1: game probably, design? I mean, probably, but we know better than to think Nintendo's going to just do what we want. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. If, if they if they if they just gave. People what they wanted, we would be playing a good Star Fox game. That's a good point. Do you want to even venture
0: to guess how they managed to tie the rabbits together with, with Mario? Oh, I think they're just gonna show
1: up. Really? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it matters. <laughs> like the rabbits are pretty much absurdist anyway. So like, yeah. almost, if they suddenly find a way, you know, a bunch of rabbits running around, they blow up a mountain, and there's a green pipe in there, and they go down the pipe, and they pop out in the Mushroom Kingdom, and now they got to deal with it. Like that's, it's real simple. So don't, don't overthink it. I think this is a terrible idea. How, how, I how really How does think... Mario and Sonic hook up for their Olympic game things? Like, who cares?
0: I'll, I'll say one thing. I hope that this game is being developed by Ubisoft and not Nintendo.
1: Because we were talking earlier about
0: how working with Microsoft, working on one yeah, game isn't taken away from another, but in this case, it would be yeah, it would, taking away. I
1: hope this is what they made the Child of Light guys make next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job on the on the heartfelt, like you know, lovely little RPG. Now you're gonna make this. Yeah, corporate. <laughs> good luck with that. Put a Big Mac in every other scene. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so I'm guessing we'll probably it,
0: because these, like we were saying earlier about leaks, pre E3 leaks. I'm assuming this is one of them.
1: It... Well, this has been so persistent for so long that I have to think there's something to it. Yeah. Even I... if it never happens, it probably was going to happen yeah. at some point. Well, it sounds like these recent
0: leaks are saying it's definitely happening. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing we're going to see this in a few weeks at E3.
1: It, I mean, to me, it may. I mean, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Is like, are you going to make a good game out of it? But it does make sense in the terms of you know, Nintendo and Ubisoft have a good relationship, and this might be a, have been a good way to kind of. Lure Ubisoft into stick, sticking around. Like I feel like maybe this could be like a like a Bayonetta 2 kind of thing where they like Nintendo funds the development and publishes it, but Ubisoft benefits by being the ones who makes it. Yeah, that kind of th- that could be what happens. I mean, I, I, it could. It's not impossible that this could be fun. It's true. I'm not excited about it, but maybe somebody
0: is. <laughs> All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about uh, this week. The First DLC for yeah, the Legend right the of Zelda: of our, Breath of, our Nintendo of the Wild. Block. <laughs> yeah, we we do have a Nintendo block here. Uh, Breath of the Wild, the first uh, DLC drop was announced this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes with basically an arena battle mode, uh, where you just go room to room, taking on enemies. I'm what a, is it like, Way
1: of the Sword or something? The yeah, something yeah. like that. Kind of, a, um, kind of a cave of trials style thing. Yeah,
0: basically you just go... One, it's just, exactly. It's like the cave of trials. Mm-hmm. And you just go room by room taking on enemies that get increasingly more
1: difficult. Um, are you excited about this, Matt? Um, I don't know about excited, but i would be nice to have... I'll tell you what I'm most excited about is one of the other things in the DLC. So the the difficulty slider that they're trying oh, no. to charge
0: you for no I don't care about that
1: uh, I'm <laughs> how ex- about that I'm excited about the item that lets you plant a fast travel spot right on the map that's anyway. a big deal so that's, that's a huge deal that's nice but that's not stuff that we should be paying for man no you're well if it was The Witcher three we wouldn't be right but that's or a, any other game but that's well I don't know about that EA would charge us for this shit really oh yeah. If this was in Mass Effect and Andromeda, wait, we'd be paying four bucks each. But,
0: Matt, EA's doing free DLC.
1: Like, yeah. it sees it got rid of its
0: season passes in Titanfall and Battlefront.
1: Well, yeah, now it is. But still, it <laughs> is.
0: I mean, this is 2017. Uh, it, it boggles my mind that Nintendo is trying to charge people for a difficulty slider.
1: Yeah, but you gotta... Think about that. But you gotta remember, like, Nintendo's running about seven years behind everybody else. This is... This is we're but, ju- we're just now getting the horse armor. <laughs> yeah. No, you're
0: right. I mean that is sorta of where Nintendo's at. But I would also argue that even though Nintendo was late to the game with DLC on the Wii U, it handled it really well. I thought it did. I thought it the DLC the way Nintendo did it on his Wii mm. U games, I thought it nailed it. And it feels it, it almost feels like someone went to Nintendo
1: and said, Hey, you're being way too nice.
0: Like, you could make way more money. I think it
1: depends. Also, like, uh, I would argue that they were not very good about uh, the DLC on Hyrule Warriors because if you want all the DLC in Hyrule Warriors, you're paying the price of the game over again. Well, we're going to talk about that next. Um, (laughs) And uh, Fire Emblem, uh, you know... That's the next topic. Just trying to figure out the DLC in the, in the last Fire Emblem game was like, wait, this, and then I pay five bucks for this extra map that I can do that. Wait, what? Like it, yeah, and it's it was, n- it was at the, And at that point, it was kind of the thing where I'm like, can I just pay like, like I'm glad I'm glad Zelda has a season. I'm just like, sure, just take just the take money <laughs> and give me everything that comes with it, and I, I'll take I'll use what I want, and I will. I don't care about the Switch T-shirt. I don't, <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna wear that. Lord, I believe I I lost I lost that shirt somewhere. Uh, in the in the wilderness somewhere um but uh i mean i think it's yeah, basically we're all here for dlc too, yeah. if, if we're honest like yeah. that's it's got the, the it's got the extra dungeons it's got the extra map stuff it's got you know it's gonna it's gonna give you the 12 shrines that are missing to get, let you max out your stamina and your yeah. health totally like that'll complete the game um, this is sort of like here's some stuff i'm glad they're going to be able, i'm gonna be able to put a custom fast travel point down I will probably... That, that hard mode is lame as all hell. I mean, it's lame in the first place. They're charging you for hard mode. But that hard mode sounds terrible.
0: It really does. It, it doesn't sound like it's going to add anything to the experience no. at all. Uh, and I, here's another thing I would say. I think that this DLC will be one of the best-selling DLC packs of the year on any platform. Can
1: you buy it separate or is it only the season pass? No, I think you can buy them separate. I thought separately. it was season pass only. Really? I didn't know that of the channel unless unless that's going to change when it comes out I don't know for now I think you can only buy a season pass but that might just be because the individual one isn't up yet yeah uh, i don't I not remember i thought for either. sure you could buy it separately if not then that's even more stupid it'd be it'd be silly <laughs> to not like, let you buy them separately right that makes no sense i mean you're limiting, but like you your... can't like you can't buy the you know la- basically there's three phases of DLC there's the launch stuff right. and then there's the the DLC 1 and DLC 2 and you can't buy the launch stuff on its own you have to buy the season pass for that. Really? So I don't, I don't know if there's a definitive answer one way or the other on that. But it's, so far, if you want any of the DLC, you got to buy the pass. Will this DLC make you go back to the game map? Yeah, probably. I mean, at least to kind of poke around and see how the fast travel thing works. Um, I don't know if there's anything else really in there that's of interest. I'm not... I don't think... I don't know if I'm far enough along. I mean, I'm three shrines done... I have... Actually, I have... Have you like, not finished Breath of the Wild yet? No. Wow. I, uh, I mean, I played, like, 130 hours of it, but I did not finish it, because I, I got caught up... Well, looking it should for, be so easy for you to finish. Yeah, but I got caught up looking for Korok seeds, oh. and I'm, I, I believe my link is maxed. Oh, yeah. I think I got 440, whatever you need to do that. Well, I did not get all 900 of them. Um, but, you know, I, I just didn't feel the need to, you know, rush it, and I just sort of wandered around looking for stuff, and... Uh, I just—I still haven't done the. I think the the camel. Oh. I have not. I don't. Th- I think it's the camel. Matt, I have not booted up Zelda since I finished recording
0: Bad Dudes and mm. beat the final boss. I have not. I had. I don't know why.
1: I don't know why I don't like this game as much as everybody else does. I haven't played it since the day my cat died.
0: Because uh, that's what I was
1: playing uh, in those last few weeks. Like I can understand um, that. So when the DLC comes out, I might go back and and try to jump back in. Also, I've been playing Persona so much that like a huge time. Slot. I really would like to just sort of finish that and be done. You got a sound, long way to sound, go. Sounds like I got another month left or <laughs> yeah, so. But like, much. like I just I don't want to. You know, I finished the other Personas and I just don't want to. Leave this one unfinished, but and like I you kind, know, of I'm sort of getting what you mean by like it goes different places. You don't think it's quite gonna, you know, like the, the, the new characters that keep popping up are interesting and all that. I just wish it went faster. I know. Like I need a, it I need a fast, I need a fast forward mode between, you know, normal Nugents. speed and fast and keep and can't read the text. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, it's uh, it's, so like yeah, I mean I, at this point maybe I'll go back to Zelda just for a break. Yeah. Like, playing Prey was almost refreshing, uh, just in the sense, it's like, oh, God, it lets me do things. Yeah, yeah,
0: it is. You know, I understand <laughs> like, it. You'd you almost get oppressed after a while. Yeah. And I just, I cannot understand
1: why And my I... God, Mo- like, if you want to sell me DLC on Persona 5, another set of frickin' background songs, yeah. please. Yeah. I actually bought two of the, the costume DLCs just to have new battle songs. Oh, there's new
0: battle songs with new costumes. On,
1: if, all the pe- costume things. You, if you put on, if you have the main character put on the costume that he gets in that, it changes the bat, like the fight themes to the the one, the ones from whatever game the costume. Oh, is. Oh, really? So I got the Dance <laughs> All Night and Persona Four ones, and I was like, thank God, something different. Well, that's funny. We should actually just subtitle this episode, the DLC
0: episode, because yeah. it's like we've been we're talking about almost all the way through the show. Um, I don't understand what it is with me that I don't enjoy Breath of the Wild as much as everybody else. I enjoyed it while I played it and thought it was really good, but I really have no interest to go back and play it. Like I, feel I really like, like it. I mean, I...
1: I'll go back and play it to finish it. I'll like, play it. Look, when the new dungeon I'll go back and play out, it for the new dungeon. I'll totally sure. go back and play it. But, but for you something t- like this, like a battle arena... Yeah, but, uh, like, but, like, I, I, mean, I like the Cave of Trials in Twilight Princess HD. Like, I'll probably do that. Like, I like, I like the, the fighting, more or less. Um... But like when you like when you, when I think about going back to play Breath of the Wild again from like you know starting over. starting a new game, like I have no idea when in my life I would do that. Yeah, I it's have overwhelming. no I have no interest in hunting down all those damn seeds again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very fun, really. I mean, it's like it's like weird because it's like on one hand, the way they place all those things in the in the world and the environment is is really smart, it is, and really yeah. organic, and it feel it feels like you don't need a map, although they are addressing that in a very interesting way in this DLC with the... um, it's I can't remember what they call it, but it's basically like you can look at the map and it'll show you the last... That's one of
0: the biggest parts of the DLC. Yeah, like the last
1: 200 hours or something of where you've been. So you can see where you haven't been, Right, which is like a really clever way of kind of letting you know where you haven't explored without slapping markers over everything. The
0: crazy part about it, too, is it's retroactive.
1: So the whole time you've been playing yeah, the game, it's been tracking it
0: has that. been tracking where you go. And I'm sure it's some it's kind just of... A, like Google. It's probably like a dev tool or something that was already yeah. built
1: into it that they're going to unlock. And But again, that's something stupid that you should have to pay for. Like, True. I mean, everything in this DLC feels like something that should have been free. Pretty much, yeah. Um, especially because... Look, as a reward to these people that paid $300 for your overpriced handheld, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know like, you know, they don't like to do that or whatever, but look, I feel like you could have thrown a bone to the people who waited five years for this damn game, and yeah. some, many of whom bought a new system for it. And maybe not, the, dungeon, maybe the, not the, the full new dungeon, the story-driven thing, maybe you charge for that, but I feel like what they've released so far, or at least at launch and in this DLC pack, it feels like they're completing the game. Not that they're adding content, right?
0: I, I'm not a fan of this DLC at all. I'm trying to figure out if uh, anyone answered our question about Zelda's DLC, if you could buy it separately. But I don't think anyone no, has. Can't. People did you, it. you can't. No. So you have to. You can only buy the season pass. Yeah, that's what DLC. I thought. I mean, that's what I. That's crazy. Unless they change it later. I mean, that's just leaving money on the table because even with you know you have the dungeon coming. Everyone's Mm -hmm. gonna want. I mean, there's some people who are only gonna want to buy the dungeon, and if you're trying to make them pay that huge chunk of money for that one dungeon, you're losing customers there too. It makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, if
1: if I wasn't, you know, I want to play them so we can talk about them. If I wasn't doing this show, I would probably just want the second DLC to complete the shrines, basically. I think Nintendo leaving money on the table.
0: Why did they go wrong with DLC all of a sudden? They were so they did so well for a while there.
1: I don't know. Well, I. I think they, they Because did what really, we're going to talk about next, well, they did real well on uh, Mario Kart. And yeah, it's great. But like, they seem to be a little more draconian when it comes to single-player stuff. A little more
0: cash grade. Yeah. <laughs> well, draconian dragons like gold. Yeah. Well, let's just move right on because this is going to segue perfectly. This is why these two topics were stacked together. Fire Emblem Echoes. I actually mm-hmm. got this just as I walked out the door to come here. I got uh, an early copy of that. Um, when is that out? Like next week. Yeah, two weeks. no matter when it's out, I know for a fact that even if I didn't come and shoot <laughs> this show, that I could start playing it and do nothing but play it, and I would not have it done by the time the game comes out.
1: For, you know, Persona, you should take a poll. How are you? I'm almost done with Persona? Yeah, yeah. I am. You're almost okay. But yeah, I was gonna say, if you're way far out, you should still like just take a poll and say, is it okay if I write the eval now? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just see what, what Sifted says.
0: Honestly, I think most people would probably uh, say that's fine. On that. yeah. People have been reaching out to me on Twitter, like thanking me though. They've been saying, hey, like I see, because I'm friends with a lot of people on Sifted mm. on PSN. And so I think those people see me playing it at like 3 in the morning and they're like, damn, what is he doing? Still going. And then they'll reach to, out to me on Twitter and be like, bro, man, <laughs> I appreciate you so much that you're doing this. Like, yeah, uh, it's going to be, I've never, I don't think I've and ever. You can't played... even stream it.
1: Yeah, seriously. I don't know if I've ever played a game this long for a review, ever. It's it's one of the longest things I think I've ever, ever played. It's just mind boggling. I mean, certainly in terms of like something that I would, you know, that I'm not like. Meandering through. You yeah. know? I mean, I spent like 130 hours playing Zelda, but I could probably, if I really put my mind to it, I could probably finish Zelda in like 50 to 60. Yeah. Uh, you know, taking my own oh, time yeah, yeah. on things. I know, you know obviously, speedrunners can do yeah, it in, like, an Zelda hour and a half, in but like 60 or whatever. But like, I don't feel like I'm meandering in Persona 5. You don't? There's, there's no just way you can't. Going, you, know? you can't.
0: There's no real side missions in the game. You I'm just, not even, like, even when I go no in, way like, to burn time. Even when I
1: go in, like, Mementos, I'm not, like, grinding really. Yeah. I'm, I'm going, I'm, yeah, I grind. Well, I they're was, linear. Is it's not that, like well, you I just go, go off through on it, a and tangent. I complete all the little side missions, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, by the time I get to the end of that, I've made, like, 500,000 yen, and I'm like, all right, that's, that'll hold me over for the next month or two. Yeah. And like, and then you go home, and the guy's like, I'm not giving you any more money. I'm like, bro, I got like a million yen. Right I, don't, now. I don't, need don't need any money. money. Bro. I don't need <laughs> any money from the coffee shop. How owner. about
0: I buy the coffee <laughs> shop and put your ass out on the street?
1: <laughs> I felt a little how about, better. How would I move out of your damn attic yeah, and get my own so place so money. I don't have to listen to your shit every day? And I how can
0: mac my chick in peace. <laughs>
1: I said, having your creepy ass come up the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter because the damn cats are going to make you go to bed early anyway. I felt a little
0: better yesterday. Again, we're on a tangent on this game, but I felt a little better yesterday. It's our entire
1: lives right now. You're right.
0: It totally takes over your life. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I saw yesterday Dual Shockers published their review. And I was like, oh my (laughs) God, I'm not alone. (laughs) And we don't really curate their reviews for whatever reason because we had to cut it off somewhere. But I actually popped over and like kind of read it, and that review kind of said like all the stuff I've been saying, like, how the hell did people finish this <laughs> game in time for embargo? He, I think the first line is like, yeah, it's been three weeks since this game came out, and I have been playing it the mm. whole time. And he fi- he finished it 150 hours, and that's wow. about where I am right now. So, yeah. Know what you're getting into before you play Persona 5. But anyway, let's talk about Fire Emblem Echoes and its DLC... I was a little angry about the DLC in Breath of the Wild, but the DLC in Fire Emblem Echoes might just make me put my fist through the wall. Oh yeah. The game costs thirty-nine dollars. The season, oh, right. season pass, pass costs cost more cost than forty-five dollars.
1: Dumb, dude. Dumb. Has that ever happened? I feel like it has, but not very often. Even Fates, I don't think. No, I don't think it cost. I, mean... I think it was like twenty-five or thirty,
0: maybe for the. Fates season pass?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depended which. Like, because you had to buy the other versions. Yeah. So, right. like. Like, and then if. Like, because you could buy. You bought the one version, and then there was the other. You know, there were the two retail ones, and then. The third one, which was the ending, basically. Yeah. And I feel like that you got those for a discount digital price if you already had the first one, or you could pay like eighty bucks or ninety bucks and get all three of them in the big limited edition pack, which they made like four of. Yeah,
0: I actually have that. I didn't open it. I think someday that will be worth you some should, money. Oh, it's
1: already worth some money. Oh, really? You could turn around and sell it for five hundred bucks or something.
0: Now? Oh, yeah. No way. Look it up. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so here we are with echoes. Which is basically a remaster of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which came out many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Was it the second one? I yeah. Think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Never come here.
0: No, it's never been here, yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually tracking pretty well
1: on Sifted, I'll say mm-hmm. that, for a 3DS game. Well, at least. People love to fire an emblem, and again, there's understandably. Not, there's not really anything competing with it. If, no, you, if you like that kind of old school tactical, you know. Tactical JRP Strategy G, like, this is kind of your only game in town until Valkyria Chronicles comes out again. Yeah,
0: but I, I mean, I can't think of any game where you paid X amount of dollars for the game and then the season pass cost more than the game.
1: No, I mean, like I said... There's never been a season pass that costs more than 60 bucks. Well, like I said, Hyrule Warriors, if you want to buy all... It, it, if you bought all the DLC packs as they came out, you would have paid more than the price of the game. Okay. Uh, but that was not a season pass. That was a series of packs. Separate packs. And then, of course, you have things like you know, uh, Train Works, and st- kind of those games where like the you know it's thirty bucks or something for the game. But the, if you bought all the DLC, it's like twelve hundred dollars. Oh my god. Um, same with thing with I think Dead or Alive Five. I believe or De- you know Dead or Alive Five is all the crazy. I think that if you bought all the DLC, oh it's DLC. If you bought all the DLC for that game. I think it's like seven hundred bucks. Or something oh, and like Japan
0: that. is even higher because mm. they'll have some costumes that cost like. $50, like, on their own. Huh. And people pay it. Yep, It's insane. I'm not paying it, love is dress, what I'm here to they say. They love to dress up their waifus. I guess so. <laughs> I would not... I, and the other part of it, too, is what you said about Fates. The same thing carries over here to Echoes. Trying to understand the DLC plan for this game... Yeah, it, I it. It's insane. And, like, what...
1: Aren't, aren't they just... Mostly, I think, just maps? Aren't like, most what? of the people who buy this game kids... How do they even understand? I think most of the people that buy this game are us. Really? Fire Emblem? Yeah. You think so? I think it's like 20s and up, yeah. I mean, look, these games sell.
0: Oh, yeah. Millions. Like, you really think there's Didn't like a million people our age buying these games on a handheld?
1: Easily. Really? I mean, more, maybe more younger than us in the 30s or something, but I think you're dealing with a, with people who grew up with the, the strategy JRPG uh, in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I mean, look at the breakdown of people who bought the Switch. Like, the vast, vast majority of the people who bought the Switch are, are men between the age of like 25 and 36. Like, I, I never saw the demographic host I saw a demographic of it, it and it's, it's almost all dudes in their late 20s and early to really? mid 30s like it's that's it's, good to hear actually maybe nintendo pe- will look
0: at that and make some games for people true. that age but i mean
1: that's your target i mean nintendo may not realize it, but that's your target as an as a nintendo like your target nintendo fan is in their 20s to mid 30s and at least the ones who are, who are
0: actually going to spend a lot of money yeah, on like software the
1: ones who are in love with nintendo and bought the wii u yeah like they are yeah. the they are the the people who define their gaming lives by nintendo because they have some, you know, they grew up with it. It's, yeah. it, was, it was it defined their childhood. It defines what what me, what it means to have fun playing video games to them. And they are the ones who are the early adopters of Switch. I'm not saying that Switch is always going to only sell to those people. Yeah, yeah it'll Because it'll, it'll it'll branch out as yeah. as it becomes more widespread, more available, and the and the marketing kids. campaign hits really hard. It's Christmas gonna be a, time. Right, a lot of kids will for get sure. it sure. Yeah. But you're talking about people that went out in March and bought that new system for 300 bucks and played Zelda. It's millennials from, you know, in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, and, and people so, with disposable income. Right, and I think, I think Fire Emblem hits that same audience I, because, you know, we're the ones who grew up with that stuff and we're the ones who still love that stuff. And uh, the, the strategy RPG is a bit of a niche, and I think you're, t- you're talking about an older audience for that. Certainly, I would not like to have to try to convince my niece to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> because she's not into... She'd rather play Animal Crossing. I mean, one thing I will say that Nintendo appears to be doing that's smart is it's starting...
0: Well, maybe it's not that smart, but it's starting to look at its games as a platform,
1: mm-hmm. kind of like with Overwatch. Well, I think you even saw that with Awakening to some degree. Like, uh, yeah, for it, sure. And it's weird that Fire Emblem is kind of the thing that sort it? of struck out. Yeah. I think because they can sell maps. Yeah. Like, separately. like I mean, it's working for mobile too. Like, yeah. Fire Emblem made way more money on mobile than Mario Super Mario Run. Yeah, and, I, and to its credit, I think that the, the Fire Emblem on mobile feels more like Fire Emblem. Then Mario feels like Mario, like when I—I I mean, obviously it's a little mobile gimped because yeah. you only have like four characters in the in the but. But when I play that Fire Emblem mobile, like it does pretty much feel like you're playing Fire Emblem in a weird, slightly weird skew. But like, it's more or less intact. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying I will All play the... Fire Emblem mobile in ex, instead of this because this is obviously a full-fledged Fire Emblem game. Yeah. But like, I feel like Fire Emblem made the jump to mobile pretty damn well. Yeah, uh, and it is, of course, the, the usual sort of. I feel like
0: one thing I it's would. It's the say, usual
1: microtransaction grind, but.
0: <coughs>
1: right, I don't think it
0: has the longevity of, real Fire Emblem games, though. No, the depth. No, it's, it's certainly made for more casual players.
1: But it might be enough to you know if someone like that uh, and then sees this, they're like, oh, I like maybe I'll try that. It could be a gateway drug to uh, to a real Fire Emblem game.
0: I, to me, I Whereas think... Mario
1: feels like you're working backwards on it. It feels like, oh, you like Mario, you should pay us for this kind of thing. I think it's hard to create a game as a platform when there's no
0: multiplayer involved. Mm. Single-player games, I feel like, are a harder sell because eventually people, if they don't have competition against other human beings, people eventually burn out on games
1: and, and concepts and design paradigms they eventually you you it wears thin somewhat but i think part of the problem with the single player idea for that is um like if you want me to kind of play a single player game as a platform the content you keep providing has to be meaningful yeah and at that point feels like they seem a lot of companies seem to say like well we're just gonna make a sequel then um because, like, Fire, I would be super down I mean, with you, Fire Emblem <laughs> as a platform if the stuff, if the DLC they provided had a meaningful story and meaningful expansion to these things. But yeah. most of them just seem like a map you can go and kind of grind on in the training mode. That's what it is. And then so, you like, think about the it, they're
0: asking more for it than the base game. Yeah, which I mean, makes you it, I mean, should be getting a freaking sequel. Right. Or better. You a should whole be getting, second story. You should be getting a whole a remake sequel. remake of the first game. Yeah, you should be yeah. getting a whole sequel plus the DLC for that sequel. Yeah it's insane i don't know what like i said nintendo
1: i felt like i got. I mean great. i don't know what the cost breakdown would be i mean it feels like making those other maps is like pretty simple like it, it's certainly not like making a call of duty map and they like, give those to us for free
0: it's like reggie went out and got drunk with like phil spencer and cause Hurai. <laughs> and they're just like they got all hammered and it's like two in the morning they just started laughing at reggie they're like man what are you doing just giving away that stuff you can make billions on this and he was like, what am I doing? He goes, home, he's like the only thing he remembered from the whole night was that they laughed at him yeah. for their DLC practices because it felt like they had it right, and now they're changing it to
1: not getting it right, and why? It's just weird. It's like even on, on stuff like that on the the last Fire Emblem, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, it's like five bucks for a map. It's yeah. like for that amount of money, I could go buy an emulated version of a 25-year-old video game. Right. <laughs> Which also is too much money. Yeah, you're like, right. I, it I, is. Yeah. I just kind of expect Nintendo's, you know, digital stuff to be overpriced. Yeah, that just seems to. I mean, the forty-five more money for the the season pass than the game is stupid.
0: <laughs> yes, it like, is. Like it's
1: just, and especially on that, it, considering how they've supported the the Fire Emblem games with DLC before, none of that was worth. Right, because that's of the other
0: problem is you set the precedent of what you're going to get. Right, and it was cheaper before. And they announced the new stuff, and it's basically the same thing that they yeah. did last time, and now they want more money for like, it. yeah, like,
1: and, I, and, like, yeah, you're charging, like, 19.99 or whatever for the second, you know, version of the game with, you know, with the, the multiple Pokemon-style versions last time. But at least that got me a, a whole separate storyline right. that yep. I could play through. Whereas yeah. this doesn't sound like it has stuff it like doesn't. that. It doesn't, yeah. So... We'll see.
0: I feel like Nintendo... I'm still
1: going to play the game. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that I'm going to throw 45 bucks at a season pass for that.
0: I feel like Nintendo is just going through some growing pains right now. It suffered. I mean, look, when you're trying to... How do you... But how do you do policies that policies and make financial decisions based on an install base of around $10 million, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you have this platform that's exploding, and you're looking down the line, and you're like, hmm, like... You know, we're going to probably do at least 50 million with this platform trying to extrapolate that that model that you had before with this small amount of people and saying, well, that was successful. Well, yeah, it was successful because you were holding people hostage. They had uh. nothing to play. And so, sure, people are going to buy DLC because they're trying to extend that game that they have as long as possible. Conceivably, that's not going to be the case with, with Switch and even with 3DS, in all honesty going for it shouldn't mm. be so i don't know what it's doing i feel like it's just it's kind of like in the dark right now feeling around trying to figure out how it's gonna sort of do, uh, handle these
1: policies going forward and do you uh, feel like anyone at nintendo was like in the meeting was like hey the season that's costs more, more than the game yeah that's weird like it's the first thing
0: i thought like, <laughs> the funny thing was when i curated that story um A couple websites had reported it and didn't even mention it. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that costs more than the game. And so I wrote in the blurb, I'm like, I've never seen DLC that costs more than the game. And then all the other stories that started coming into Sifted started running with that same headline. It costs more than the actual game. I'm not saying that they copied it from us, but I'm just saying that, like, some people didn't even pick up on it at first. Uh Like, to me, it was, like, immediately. I'm like, $45? That's a 3DS game. What are you talking? And then, yeah. And now it's turned into, like, a thing. So. And it's good it turned into a thing because it'll make Nintendo maybe second-guess it
1: next time. Well, i wonder if they're like, well, we priced it, like, that high, so it's something that, you know, players can, you know, save up for and and, and play later. <laughs> they're pulling the Sony card. Maybe they'll
0: get a second job to pay for Yeah, you get DLC. a second job to
1: pay for the, pay for the PlayStation 3. <laughs> and uh, and to, DLC for Fire Emblem. We Rumble. have made the most beautiful thing in the world. Please do not criticize it. <laughs> that is my favorite... Uh, Game company deflection of anything of all time. The funny part, too, is now I look at... Hey, the button doesn't work on the PSP. Please do not criticize our beautiful thing. It's like, "Mm, but it doesn't work. The funny part is now I look
0: (laughs) at the PlayStation 3 fat, and it's, like, heinous. It's, It's like, heinous? Heinous. Okay. It's, like, (laughs) (laughs) heinous. Heinous, with an H. It's, like, ugly. Like, that console (laughs) is ugly, I think.
1: It's a a little big.
0: And it's got that cheap-ass plastic thing on, like, door on the front. (laughs) I don't know what they're thinking. Most beautiful thing ever though. That right, was the
1: PSP was the most beautiful thing ever.
0: Oh the PSP. Yeah,
1: because the button, the square button they had to move the square button over so far to, to oh, get right, the screen right. on that the jet when the Japanese le- released, right. some of them were like the, the pressing square button was missing the circuit board yeah. and it wasn't registering. I forgot about and people that. complained and uh, Kutaragi got up and said we have made I believe we have made the most beautiful thing in the world. Please do not criticize it. <laughs> and everyone's like And how long bro. after that
0: was he sent packing?
1: Uh, I think that might have been been the beginning (laughs) of the paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start working on that
0: severance package. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about Darksiders 3, undoubtedly the biggest announcement from this week. Uh, Matt, did you like the first two Darksiders games?
1: Eh... I like the idea of the Dark games game. Well, there's Zelda. It's a Zelda game. With uh, first a different one, universe. the first one's a Zelda clone. The second one is sort of a Zelda-ish open-world adventure game with a lot of Diablo loot. Kind of like the second game felt really scat. It was they're almost opposites because the first game is just it is a Zelda clone. It is a 100%, Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, the second with a with a si- little side venture into we're just going to steal Portal for the, for the second to last time. Yeah, um, da- Right down to the colors. Yeah. Um, but it was like one of those things. First game was colorful. Oh, very colorful, and like you know the art style is by Joe Matareira, who was a, a big uh, X Men artist in the yeah. in the nineties. He you know he was kind of the spearhead on uh, Age of Apocalypse back in the day. Um, and you can see that, like, I mean, the the art style of the, especially the first Darksiders is basically Image Comics, the video game kind of thing. And, um, like, I like, uh, here's the thing, I, I, I think it's over-designed and silly, but I also kind of dig it in that regard. And I think the, the environments look really cool. It was a sleeper hit. It was a sleeper hit. No one expected for sure. much from
0: it at all. Also, like, look. Published by THQ which un- was in a total, like, tailspin spin at that point.
1: Uh, you know, it's a, as uninspired as I found, as, as just derivative of Zelda as I found it, it was a solid clone. Also, first game the developer ever made, Vigil Games. Um, pretty impressive. Technically, Like I mean, they had to put out a patch to fix some tearing issues at first, but overall that game was pretty damn good for a first effort from also the company. Also, keep
0: in mind that there is really no such thing as a Zelda clone. Right. Like, now there, there are. Very few people attempt that. because Here's right the thing about Zelda's big change for Breath of the Wild. It went from a franchise that was completely unique unlike anything else for whatever reason no one even bothered to try and copy it other than this franchise Mm -hmm. to a franchise that's like dozens of other games that come out now well that's the and it's more
1: successful now that it's more like everything else it's also like if you look at breath of the wild i mean breath of the wild did make me think this a couple of times because because you know uh darksiders 2 in some way is kind of the same idea as breath of the wild in terms of, like, we have a bigger areas, big open places. There's, like, you have to go into places and find the dungeons and solve the puzzles in there. Um, unfortunately, there's only one kind of puzzle, which is, like, rolling a giant ball into, right. into a slot. <laughs> um, but, like, Darksiders 2 felt like a much less focused game than the first one. It was trying to be a whole bunch of different things. It got bogged down in this Diablo-style loot thing, which was just like you constantly managing the inventory and trying to figure out this one's four, four, plus four better than this one. It was right. just like, who cares? I mean, a lot of
0: games do that, though. A lot of games
1: do that, but like the first one didn't do that, and the second one sort of gave you a lot of busy work on top of a lot of repetition and even though the, I thought the combat system was pretty cool, like it had like I think seven or eight different types of collectibles you had to go through all the yeah. worlds and get. I mean, it was I had I, <laughs> I, mean, I had a spreadsheet open, but at one point <laughs> playing that game, I was like, all right, I got the demon bones, but I need the. The bottles of soul essence, but I don't have any of the runes of... The, I'm just yeah. like, guys, like, come too on. Too much.
0: Like, yeah. It's too much. and it's Like Banjo-Tooie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's just like, we need to make it bigger! And I like the mythology of it. I mean, famously, uh, you know, Darksiders 1 has one of the, the, the most, like, the biggest blue balls ending, I think, of its generation, where, like, you go through the whole thing with war, and... At the uh, you know it, it's kind of a cliffhanger where like you, he looks up and the other three horsemen are about to arrive yeah. and you're like whoa shit's about to go down and then no like, it ain't no nope. like Darksiders <laughs> two takes place uh, kind of before yeah. and parallel with uh, yeah. what's happening in one and you're playing as death and now we get three which like now you're talk, playing as talk, a sister now you're playing as fury uh, the sister of the four horsemen yeah, of the apocalypse the, a third horseman. The other fourth one being Strife, who uses dual pistols, whose both guns, I think, have been used in one and two as items. Right. Um, But basically, I mean, I think there was also a plan early on to do a first person shooter starring Strife. They were going to do one of each horseman and then do a game where everybody could play it. It's like a four player co op Borderlands style game. Uh, where everybody plays as a horseman. It looks like, in the at least in the leaked trailer, that they've finally moved past the end of Dark one. <laughs> and thank God. And now War is imprisoned by the giant lava head guys here that give you the mission in the original game, and they're sending Fury out to kill the seven deadly sins. Uh, because the apocalypse has been accidentally brought on, which is from the first game. Right. And she's going to go deal with stuff somehow by killing the Seven Deadly Sins. Which is a really weird way to adapt that Fincher movie. It really is, um, yeah. What's in the box? But, um, I mean, cool. Like, it's like, that's that's a fun premise. I'm sure the, yeah, you can make some really interesting stuff out of, out of the Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, in terms of, like, big boss battles or whatever. You want to and... know
0: what I liked the most, though, particularly about the first Darksiders, and to a lesser extent with the second one, was that it had lighthearted moments. There was some comedic sort of moments in, throughout the entire game. The writing was kind of fun and jovial. A lot of the characters that you ran into weren't scary. Because you think about the subject matter we're talking about with this game. It's all about demons mm. and the
1: apocalypse and... The franchise managed to have some fun with that. Well, um, they kind of, it kind of had that thing where like, everybody knew each other, right? Yeah, you know, like everyone. everyone oh, had a backstory. Actually, oh, that it was, guy. It was is... a little bit like that Thor Ragnarok trailer, where was, he's like, "It's a friend from work," you know? Yeah, it was like, yeah. but in this case, we're talking about one of the major demons of hell, right? Know? Yeah, yeah. It, it had like, had, like, like a little bit. What's up, a... Samael? Yeah, yeah. I'm just checking in.
0: Yeah. yeah, it had like a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek, like fun vibe to it. And what I've seen so far, I mean, look, we've seen this trailer. IGN published a bunch of gameplay of it today. I don't know if you got a chance to watch yeah, that. Yeah, I watched
1: most of it. Um, but it's, like,
0: become, like, deathly serious. I don't know if it has.
1: Really? There's more. I mean, they've, they've got uh, in the gameplay stuff, you see the big blacksmith guy, who was one of the major comedy relief characters of the first game. Yeah. I can't imagine he's not gonna have some fun. I mean, I think we're just seeing kind of an incomplete picture right now, because it's pre-alpha footage. It's really boring, I thought, to watch. I was not Interested through most of the footage that was put up today because it's basically the rudimentary combat system. She never uses the weapon on her back. Yeah, she, you know, I mean, it's, it's basically footage that says like, yes, it's real. The baseline gameplay is playable right now. We're, Might have been know, a little really early. early to put I that think out. it was. All the all the sound effects sounded placeholder to me. Yeah. Um, it was mostly. I think that footage is mostly like, yes, it's real, and we're making it, and here it is. Well, what I, happened? I, I don't is... think it's any. I mean, that game is
0: way out. Yeah. I mean,
1: it said 2018, but like, if we're playing it by the end of next year. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty well on schedule.
0: Well, I think what happened is that they, it's THQ Nordic. Yeah. It doesn't have a ton of money, a ton of resources for marketing, so it needed to make a big splash. Swell, yeah. with the game itself, and it has managed, it did that by mm-hmm. signing this exclusive deal with IGN, and it has a whole, there's a whole month of content coming for this game. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is just the beginning. They got the trailer, they got the first gameplay. And I'm sure the developers looked at it like, well, hey, like if we have to put this stuff out there and it's not quite up to scratch or not quite where it's going to be, the overall payoff for working this deal with IGN and maybe putting some less than ideal assets out there is totally
1: worth it. Yeah, everybody knows now. Right. Yeah. I mean. I mean, there was. I think there was a. You know, there was certainly there was a fan base for this game. And I think anyone, even if you didn't like Darksiders, like people are gonna take notice that like, oh wow, this, they're making a third one, you know? Because like, it was really one of those THQ properties that was sort of like, well, it's a shame yeah, yeah. that they're never gonna be able to move on, fo- move forward with this. But like, there was, you know, there've been rumors for the last few years about we also oh, property moved over here. Right?
0: Like, hmm? we should have seen this coming because Why'd there have been rumors
1: about this for a long time.
0: I, you know what? I don't remember seeing any, but as soon as they put out the remasters of the first two games, all the alarm bells should have sounded. <laughs> Because well, if you notice, like, any time they're bringing a, a sequel
1: out, you'll start to see the remasters released before it. Yeah, well, I think that was in process beforehand, especially the, the first Warmastered edition. But, like, the question... I think I think those were testing the water to see if, if there was enough reason to continue with this project, and clearly there was. Yeah. Um, which is good. I mean, look, I'm not the hugest fan of the Darksiders games. I think they're... To some degree, they feel like relics of the '90s image comics, like super cool, extreme, gritty, like comic book scene because they're drawn by the guy who basically was one of the faces of that. Um, but they're a unique thing; they're a unique take on material. Like I like the, the apoc- kind of the, the pseudo-biblical apocalypse like uh, take on things. It's, it's fun. Is right. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's it's uh, you know, I hope I hope they keep that sense of like. You know, every once in a while, like they, you know, the like death especially. As, also, Michael Wincott as Death. What a great casting yeah, choice! Yeah, for I love sure. that guy's great. Uh, and actually, Liam O'Brien as War. The voice is acting also in really this series good. has always been great. There's some top-notch voice work in the, in these games. Yeah, for sure. Um, even I mean, I, as 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 lack of lackluster as I felt the first one was, in the end, I did get a thousand out of a thousand achievements on. I did play it twice. Wow. Um, in part because the the new game plus once you have the the, the the special armor you can just basically walk to the end of the game right right it so, makes but it like uh, I did not finish Dark Siders two because that game is too damn big too damn long um, but I like how they look they feel good to look at I yeah. like how they animate I like how death fights I like you know it's, it gives me a nice kind of balance between kind of the character action game and the action RPG idea like I I dig it I hope it works I love to play that you know, I like Fury. It's design more or less i like the idea that she plays differently her whip combat already you can kind of see that she t- you know uh, war is just war is a sledgehammer war right. just beats the, his way through the through the, the enemies she seems that uh, death more was, finesse. Death was very agile. Death was fragile to some degree, because I guess he's a skeleton. A yeah. Bit, you know, yeah. The, but you had to dodge around guys and over guys and hit guys. But you hit hard. You just couldn't take to your glass cannon, basically. She seems to have a combat style that is more about keeping, keeping them c- controlled and keeping crowd control and keeping your distance, yep. which feels different. And I like, I like kind of what they're going for. I see potential in the very rudimentary combat they showed in the, the footage. The one thing I will say is uh, I get what they're going for with her hair, but it needs some work. Yeah, yeah. Right now that's it's the just... type of stuff that they polish. Yeah, that's that's in. that's last you know, last me. few months polished stuff. Like I said, which like I said, you can't. I don't think you can judge this game by this footage at all. It's purely yeah. just like here, it's coming. We're actually making it. It exists. Check it out. Uh, lots of anger out there on the interwebs over the female protagonist. Really? Yeah. Does that really surprise you? Well, I mean, it's not talking about people like us, right? Uh, I mean, I guess not, but, like, we knew it was coming, like, more or less. I mean, they've always talked about how they want to do a game for each horseman. Yeah. And we've known Fury and Strife were who they were since the beginning. Um, Maybe you didn't know if you didn't, like, because there were tie-in comics and stuff. Right. But they did show them. I mean, we knew it was war, death, Fury, and Strife, and Fury was a woman. Yeah. um, A horsewoman of the apocalypse. Not the first time that's been done. Uh, The X-Men had female horsemen. Of the apocalypse, different apocalypse. If you had to choose, would you rather play a game as a female or a male? Or does it not matter to you at all? It doesn't really matter. As long as the character is interesting. I mean, I played a lot of games with boring male characters. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Far more games with boring male characters than boring female characters. I like how she, I mean, it's more important to me if they look cool, and I think she looks cool. I play Tomb Raider. Like, who cares? I honestly
0: prefer playing as women.
1: I picked female Morgan I mean, in, uh,
0: in Prey. I would rather look at a girl's ass for 60 hours than a guy's
1: ass. Call me well, crazy. I'd call you something, <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's not real. I I don't care. I mean, it's just make it a good make a good character, make it a good game. Yeah. Like, if you th- if you think that if your ca- protagonist is female, great. Make her interesting. Yeah. That's all I ask. Although I would say that usually
0: whenever they let me choose uh, a gender for a game, I choose a male because I'm always trying to project myself into the character.
1: I usually choose female because uh, in my experience uh, in games like that, when you create your own uh, avatar, I find that the hair options are better for the female characters. That's true. Uh, men get better clothes and the girls get better hair. Which seems really weird. Um, <laughs> well, because most of the clothes are generally designed for men to look at yeah, in, yeah. in those games. Right. So, uh, But I just like, you know, I'm, I don't generally go for like, you know, if playing the guy, okay, I can either be bald or I can have like the crew flat cut top. or I can have the <laughs> flat top. Or I can do, like, the emo one-eyed Right, thing. right, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the girl and, like, pick something that I like from there, and it's going to look Or the better. bald guy. That's yeah, the other bald, one you bald get, get. shaved yeah. head, bald guy, yeah. Uh, with a goatee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so many facial hair options. You could have mutton chops, or you could have larger mutton chops, or you could have mutton chops with a mustache. Or you like... Have... The reason now, I mentioned
0: that comment about, like, I'd rather play as a girl is because when you play third-person action adventure games, you don't even see the front of them. Mm-mm. All you see is the back. It's like you're just looking at them from behind the whole game for them until a cutscene happens or whatever. So, to me, if that's the scenery I'm going to see for 40 or 50 hours, I would prefer it to be of the female form than the male.
1: Well, I don't know if that's as enlightened <laughs> as we're looking for here, but uh, it's a reason. Um, but, uh, no, I don't. The idea that I would not play a game because of the gender of the main character is a weird idea. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah,
0: especially Especially if the game's good. There's a lot of people out there that are like that, though. Sadly. I don't... don't Everyone debating in the chat right now whether they'd rather play as a male or a female. I just, you
1: know, I want to play as a character. Make them them good. No, you're right. As long as they're well-written, well-voiced. The idea that I wouldn't be able to identify with a woman because I'm not a woman is very strange because we're all people. It's true, um, and I don't mean to turn that into kind of like, oh, sexism is over. We're all we're all the same. Like, no, <laughs> no, no. There's things, there's things definitely women, not the case. There's things women go through I will never <laughs> understand because I am not one, and, yeah. and, and we have to acknowledge that. But uh, I feel like when it comes to uh, I am character with weapon killing demons, it's not really a gendered thing. Uh, we all want to kill demons with whips. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't, Castlevania wouldn't be so popular. That's a good point. All right, so. And that our dude. So go play that if you have to kill something with a whip with a penis. <laughs> That's my advice to them. Wait, you just said if you have to kill something with a whip with a penis. You can take that as you will. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. It's time for our trailer of the week. And it's not very often that we do a show of Game Face, at least these days, uh, on the day that a game comes out. And today Prey did come out. So we are going to roll the launch trailer for Prey. As always, get those questions in. We're finishing up a little earlier today, so we should be able to answer a little more than usual. So um, if you have a question for us, make sure you get it in the chat while we watch this. Here's a launch trailer for Prey.
2: Oh my God, security, security!
1: This station was your laboratory, and the experiment was a failure. The outbreak can be contained. Earth can be spared. It has to be me. I know what's coming.
2: Some people will never understand what you can do. Warning. This is a station wide emergency. Five, four, three, two, one.
0: We can fight the invasion. If I can't save us, I'm taking every last one of them with me. That's a pretty good trailer. I don't know if you—we yeah. were kind of talking and didn't get to watch it too much, but uh, that will get you hype. If you guys are sitting on the on the edge right now or on the ledge, thinking about whether you should buy it, I think that trailer might push some of you guys over the top. So. It's a good one. It was also a terrible week for trailers, I might add. So, Hmm. that one kind of won by default. Uh, Let's see. I saw one question about Judges Week in here.
1: Yeah, that was um, The Legacy. Shane, does going to E3 Judges Week ruin E3 for you in terms of surprises?
0: Okay, so, a couple things. First thing is, is I am no longer an E3 judge. So, I do not go to Judges Week anymore. And it's a little weird when you start thinking about it, because... E3 judges aren't picked on whether they should be a judge or not. E3 judges are picked depending on the size of the audience that of the website or publication they work for. Uh-huh. That, to me, is messed up. It's not that they're getting people that they feel are most qualified to come in and judge the games. They're just saying, what are the biggest outlets? And who's the main person from that outlet, and that person's an E3 judge. And I'm not going to complain about it, because, obviously, I worked at GT, and we were a big outlet, and that's probably a big reason why I was an E3 judge in the first place. It's not like they said, we like the way Shane analyzes games, so we're going to make him an E3 judge. It was purely because I worked at GT, and GT was a huge website, and it didn't hurt that Keeley worked with me all the time, and he was kind of the head of the whole thing. So... That was the first thing I want to mention. Second thing I want to mention is that E3 Judges Week does not show you everything. Most of E3 Judges Week gives you an updated look at games you already know about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like one new
1: thing. Every
0: publisher may, not every publisher, some publishers may show you one extra game. And then they will always say, we have more that we haven't Mm -hmm. shown you. So. You never get the full thing at Judges Week. Basically, what we used it for when we were at GT was to just get a lot of the work out of the way before E3 started. So instead of, let's say, for instance, they just announced Call of Duty World War II. So I'm sure at Judges Week, there's going to be a big event for Call of Duty World War II where people are going to be able to go and interview the developers for the first time about the game. So what you do is you go, you do your interview, you come back, everything's under NDA. Um, including whoever you give the footage to who cuts it, they have to sign the NDA. And so you come back, you cut that interview together, and then you just hold it for like three weeks or a month. And then the embargo, they're usually staggered. So from like three days out to the beginning of E3, the embargoes will start to come up. So you basically just come back, you get all the stuff cut, you put it in the can, and then you just wait for their embargoes to come up, and then you publish them as the embargoes lift. So Basically what that does for you is that you don't then have to go to E3 and burn half of your day standing around waiting to do your interview of Call of Duty World War II. Instead, you end up using that time to do interviews or coverage of the games that were announced at the press conferences or the publishers just announced on the first day of E3. So that's kind of what Judges Week is for. It's not necessarily to show
1: people everything first before anyone mm-hmm. else gets to see it. There's a couple exceptions in there where that does bit. happen. Mostly it's just, I mean, I, I don't go all the time to Judges Week events, but I do go to, like, some if I know the guy the guys who are organizing or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, they're mostly just like, you get to sit down in a really calmer environment, play the games yeah. pr- as thoroughly as you can in the time allotted, and you come out of it feeling like you have a real handle on you know the lineup, and so and so that le- when the press conferences happen, you only have to worry about the stuff that's new. You've already you don't have to go to the booth and worry about the stuff that we already you know updated versions of like or you know the order 1866 or whatever that was. Uh, I got I already played that demo by the time I got to E3, and I didn't have to worry about it, which is great. Like it's just you know, and, and it's a time to kind of like it's just a little easier to talk to the de- developer. It's Just you know, it's a it's a more leisurely a setting than well. The uh, important the, thing that you mentioned there developers. was play the game. Yeah. That's the important. You get part. your hands on it without pressure, without a you know, fifteen-minute appointment. It's like everybody's, you know, a lot of the time they need to do what they need to do. But they the important part is that you play it. Yeah. Because they let you capture a lot of yeah. times and hold. Because that's a stipulation
0: for a game to win most of the awards at E3 from E3 you judges. You have to be able, to, to, play be able to play it. And a lot of times, maybe you went to see this game at an event and they played it in front of you. And you watch them demo the game, and then after, based upon that, you go and you do your interview with them. Um, you maybe not didn't have a chance to actually play it yourself. And uh, judges Which is very week, very common now. Yeah, this is a good point that you brought up. Is that it's it's very important that you get the chance to actually play the game for yourself at Judges Week, and uh, that's sort of the dual mm-hmm. purpose of it as well. Because the publishers want to get that stuff out of the way too. Because yeah. you go to like Bandai Namco's Judges Week event, and they'll have 12 games there. They don't want to schedule interviews and demos for 12 freaking games at E3. Mm. They want to do that for three or four games at E3. They're big pushes. Yep. So when you come in there, it's just like a, an assembly line. It's like every people are put into groups. Yes, yeah, super you go efficient. With your group, game by game, they give their quick pitch, and then everybody does their little interviews, and then everybody goes on to the next game, and that's kind of how it works. Mm. It It's a symbiotic thing. It works for the, for the editors. It works for the publishers. Uh, both of you are with the same
1: goal mm. of knocking out a ton of work before the actual show gets yeah. there. It used to be, that was invaluable, and we would do live stuff at G4 for Ethers, like Adam and some other people would usually, actually Keeley, because Keeley did stuff with us at yeah. the time too, you'd go to Judges Week and Adam would basically come back and report back on all the stuff and we'd have, we could write scripts, we could have everything ready for the day of, for the press conference stuff. And we would, you know, and and for the demos, we could it would help us write intros and outros and questions we needed for the live on stage demos. Like it was invaluable to getting that work done in a timely manner. But I wouldn't say it blew surprises for us. I mean, you still you still don't know what they're about to unveil in that one more thing moment in that yeah. press conference. They don't talk about stuff like that. No. Nope.
0: Yeah. Every publisher has at least a few games that they're they won't mm. even give you a Cause hint. Because also,
1: what it is. like if it can't be played, it's not going to be at Judges Week. Yep. Because it doesn't do anybody any good.
0: Yep, and it. That's typically how it works as well. Is that you know they don't expect those games to win because a lot of times they're just going to show them off with a trailer right. or maybe an onstage demo that They'll may next year that may or may not be real. By the way, right. you know it's uh, they're basically just trying to get hype for those games, but they want you to go and write in-depth impressions or do mm. lengthy interviews for the other stuff that's coming out soon. They really need kind of that extra bump right before the games come out, so. Um, oh here's one from Fratterly off topic. Any thoughts on the new slow dive album? I love it. I absolutely love it. I've been I actually got I hate to admit it, but I got the leaked version of the album and I've been listening to it for like two weeks. but to make myself feel better about it, I bought both the digital and the vinyl version of the album. Um, I love it. I've been play, I've actually been playing it. Before our stream for the last, like, three weeks. Um, people probably don't even know, but uh, I've been playing an album that hasn't been isn't even out <laughs> if, before our stream for the last couple weeks. Uh, I didn't know if anybody would pick up on it, but anyway, I've been playing it. I love it. Um, I realize that their music isn't for everybody, but I, they're my, one of my favorite bands, and I think it's amazing. So if anyone's into shoegaze, go buy it right now. Ten bucks. You won't regret it. And if you do, you're
1: crazy. Huh. Uh Nemec. Asks, what do you guys think was the most shameless or poorly redone remake or remaster of all time? Silent Hill HD Collection. Yeah, no question for me. That that was an absolute travesty from top to bottom. I never played that actually. They ruined it. They complete. I mean, I'm not just talking about the the bad redubbing. I'm talking about like when you play Silent Hill 2 on that, like the fog's gone. What? Like like, everything. It looks. It looks
0: worse. Then, I think that that's PSP. a big problem, though, I think, because, especially with, like, PS1 games and early polygonal games, it, a lot of times they would use tricks mm-hmm. to make stuff work. And it's like you said earlier, like, um, when they were working on... Um, what were we just talking about? It Totally slipped my mind. Phantom dust, mm. and how like the Japanese developers Compiled their code differently and yeah, did yeah. things in different yeah, ways. Yeah, he's
1: talking about how like the for a long time the the water was just a big block of blue because they had to basically rewrite they because it was what was it Direct X, DirectX eight it yeah. was written for? Yeah, and like he's like there's all these weird shader tricks they use that just don't. There's no analog for it now. Like we do it totally differently, so they had to completely rewrite everything. And uh, uh, Konami was not interested, or whoever they did this for Konami was not interested in rewriting anything to match the original game. So uh, the Silent Hill HD collection is just a disaster. Uh, of, uh, which is sad because Silent Hill 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, uh, Me too. And, one and of was, my favorite horror games of all time. There's never any know. reason to play the HD version unless, like, I don't know, people fix it at some point. But That would be my pick for the worst. I honestly can't remaster. think of any bad remasters. There have been ones of varying quality, but for the most part I think they're pretty solid, but that yeah. one was terrible.
0: Well, I think it's it's hard to... To say a remaster is bad because just organically it's better than the original game, even if they just bump up the resolution. Typically, yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's gonna like, be an improvement. With Silent Hill. It's like, how did you not even just do that? Like you didn't. They didn't even succeed at just making it. You know, just make it run in a modern resolution, and you're good. But like, they didn't even manage that on Silent Hill. I mean, I will say that Phantom Dust port looks pretty bad, but. <laughs> I I'm mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Because it's else. pretty
0: rare anymore if you get an old game revived where something isn't improved at all. And I mean, other than that game being 16 by 9 and a little bit of a resolution bump, it doesn't look that much better than the Xbox original. So yeah. that would be on my short list of like kind of iffy remasters, reissues, whatever you want to call them, ports. Um, I think you'd go probably look at some PC ports from consoles that have there been were, pretty god awful. There have been
1: a. Couple of ports of like up up ports of uh, um, fighting games that have you know I mean it's more of a power thing than a remaster thing but like you know where like the the early uh, some of early Capcom ones like they didn't use GGPO so the online play didn't work right or didn't work well um, and like the frame some of the frames were off and some of them is it was, it was just, it's just little nitpicky things but in terms of something that just like you played the re, a remastered it just was like this is absolutely wrong. The yeah. only the only thing that comes directly to mind is Silent Hill HD Collection. Yeah, and I I mean um, some people would say Twin Snakes. Really? People hate. Uh, I think of, that that's just because most, Kojima didn't work on it though. Well, well, part well. They altered the game. They altered the game, and also they changed the. They used the the more stilted direct translation. Whereas you play the original PS1 version and it actually, it flows pretty well and there's a little more. A little more Persona Five to uh, Twin Snakes, but Twin Snakes is a pretty universally reviled game in the, in the Metal Gear. Uh, but it's base. it's it's an over under thing because there are parts of it that are undoubtedly way better. I mean, the graphics
0: are way freaking better in Twin Snakes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it so doesn't help sometimes you if it doesn't play well. Sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. I mean, I didn't think it played poorly. I think it plays pretty bad. Really? Yeah.
1: It, it, in, in part because it was never designed to be able to be played like Metal Gear Solid Two. Right. Um, so by turns it like it just doesn't it either doesn't work it or it's was too easier. easy. Um, it's yeah it's just But I think it just what it did was it exposed what the somewhat, original Metal Gear was. I well, mean the original Metal Gear is a collection of mini games. Right. And That's I all think it's connected by cutscenes and and Metal Gear Solid 2 is more of a, an actual full fledged, you know. Game with with a, and and it just didn't mesh right. It it was
0: kind of like the Emperor has no clothes. It's (laughs) like. (laughs) Yeah, I do
1: think the voice, even though the voices are all mostly the same people, I think uh, the voice performances are not as good in a lot of places just because the script isn't as good. Yeah. It's not as well localized. I'd agree with that. But
0: I I think if I had to go back and play it again, I would probably play Twin Snakes over the PlayStation original. I did
1: a a Metal Gear, like, rerun playthrough of everything I could, you know, stomach. I still didn't get through 3. Really? (laughs) I don't like 3. I don't know why I don't like 3. Snake Eater. I've tried 4 or 5 times. I don't like it either. I
0: just, uh... Don't you remember I went and, like, sat in, like, Tracy Thompson's house for, like, a week reviewing that game for G4 for X-Play? They're like they made me go to the PR person's house. Yep, I had to sit there with her dogs all day. Yeah. She would she because she had like her, her own PR company. Mm-hmm. They were like a contractor for Konami, and she had her office in like a separate building in her backyard. And so I'd get there at like seven in the morning. She'd set everything up. I'd sit there and play. And then she would go back to her office, and I just was sat there with her dogs. And she had Great Danes. The name of her Mm. PR agency was Great Dane PR. She had, like, two or three Great Danes that were, like, this tall. And, like, I'd be sitting there playing, and one of those dogs would jump up on the couch and just put his paw, like, right on my balls. (laughs) And I was just like... (laughs) And it's like, she wasn't there, and she wasn't corraling the dogs. And I was just like, it was the weirdest review environment, like, ever. And I did not like that game at all. I think I gave it a three out of five. Did you? Or maybe a two? I thought you gave it a four. I don't think so, man. I would have to look. No, because I remember the head of Konami PR wanted to cut my head off after my review of that game. I wonder Ooh. if we could dig that up because I think I was one of the only people critical of Snake Eater.
1: We could definitely. I think we could probably find the video review, or maybe just find it on the Wayback Machine on G4.com maybe that stuff is kind of incomplete it's real hard to find old written reviews it may even have been that i gave it a 4 and everybody else gave it perfect scores i think that's what happened i don't remember getting a three. if it if, if it had gotten a, if you gave it a 3 i feel like we would have gotten a lot more hate oh i did get hate i know you did i You're got like, hate from but i think you got hate for giving viewers, it a 4 i hate and not a from
0: five. i'm not even going to say his name but dude he i and i had known him for like 11 years or whatever and i was like look Mark, you, i should have said his name but he's <laughs> day <laughs> <laughs> you don't know his last name But I was like, look, you know me. You know I'm a straight shooter. You know when I think your games are good, I give you a good score. When I legitimately don't enjoy them, that's you know, he's he's like, I get that, but the, you're just wrong on this one. And I was like, Nah, I don't think you are. Well, oh, no, I think I lo- a lot of people think I am. I think a lot of people. I'm love sure they Snake do. Year. But I
1: I have tried to play Metal Gear Solid three four or five times, and I've never made it more than the a whole hunting in. thing was just dumb and just a drag. I I don't. I don't like, that's where I. That's also the game where I lost my patience with Kojima's terrible writing ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, when I did that playthrough of the series, I played, because it was on the Legacy Collection, you know, for on the PlayStation 3, I played it, I played the PS1 version, you know, the, the, the classic PS1 version. I like, I, I, and I had recently played Twin Snakes probably a couple years earlier, replayed it. I think the PS1 version holds up in every way better except in graphics. Yeah. Like, I, I just enjoy listening to that. I mean, because, let's face it, to some degree, playing Kojima games, uh, especially those earlier ones, it's like a radio play. You know, where you have to play a little bit, a little mini game to get to the next bit of radio play. Yeah, and uh, I enjoy the the radio play of the PS One version more than Twin Snakes. Understandable.
0: Uh, That was probably a
1: longer answer to that question than anybody needed.
0: (laughs) Wolfox10JC Shane, now that we know you're a butt guy, (laughs) play near Automata. You are welcome. LOL. (laughs) Uh, Dark Force 256. Shane, do or Games, Do you think? More companies will follow Bethesda by not not sending out early review copies. No. Probably not. Uh -uh. I think it works. I mean, I think Bethesda just needs to learn a lesson. I think what happened with uh, Fallout 4 is Bethesda thought the game was better than it was. And when the reviews came out before it came out, and they were a little lower than they were for Fallout 3, I think Bethesda was like, oh, you're just hurting our sales. As it turns out, Fallout 4 sold better than any Fallout ever. So, I don't know what that says about whether people trust critics or not, but I think most people who played the game would agree Fallout 4 was not as good as Fallout 3. And, uh, it ultimately, even though they let the review code go out the last time they did it, early, and the reviews came in early, and they were lower than what they thought, the game still sold really well, and yet, still after that, Bethesda decided to cut this off. Um, I, I think... Instead of other publishers doing what Bethesda's is doing, I think if the sales of *Prey* are poor, I think you may see Bethesda revert back to setting out in early review code. Especially if they
1: feel the game is good and the reviews are good, and it sells poorly, because that happened to *Dishonored* too. Reviews are good, so far. I mean, only a few were out when I before I left to come here, but like there were I a mean, couple nines, a couple eights. Okay. Uh, uh, an essential rating from... Um, Eurogamer? Eurogamer, I think. Wow, okay. I might be wrong on that, but I'm so, pretty sure I read that on NeoGAF before I came over. Yep,
0: so if this happens and that holds up and it ends up sitting around high 8, 9, whatever, and the game doesn't sell, I think you may see Bethesda actually backtrack and go back to their, their mm-hmm. old ways. I don't think the opposite is going to happen, but that's my opinion. We'll see. Uh, here we go. Jay Reed, VIX7. Why does DLC tend to be superior to base games? As far as expansions... Um, he lifts off a bunch of expansions. Do big companies not trust the, wide, the widest audiences to enjoy appreciate more obscure and over-the-top content?
2: Mm,
1: I feel like some of that might just be once you know how all the tools work together after basic development is done, maybe it's easier to sort of jump off from there and and like you kind of know what you're working with and you can sort of like go go wild with it i just i think a little bit of what matt said
0: is that they just all the nuts and bolts of the game are handled they're not yeah. worrying about the engine anymore they're not worrying about the sound anymore mm-hmm. they're just, just creating just content yeah they're just being creative
1: they're just that's all they're doing, and so sort of so- like, sort of. I mean, it's not DLC, but sort of like, like Far Cry Blood Dragon, to yeah. Far Cry 3, or Far Cry Primal. That's a good to Far example Cry of it. Yeah, like it's the same map, it's the same assets to some degree. It's the, it's all the same kind of wireframe stuff they're doing. You know, or like the, you know, like, the the mammoths in Primal are just the elephants with a new skin on them, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um I think that's kind of. Uh, the Sort of thing I'm thinking of there I don't know if that's a All true thing All the elbow thing, grease but... is
0: handled yeah.
1: And you can just be creative And just come up with something fun and unique yeah, I'm and... sure that was like Definitely like with like Borderlands And like The Witcher 3 I certainly feel like those games were like The DLC for those games was We know exactly our limitations And our strengths In in what the game can actually do So let's just write something That plays completely to that And go crazy with it And they did And I think the best case of that Is Destiny And I think what
0: Destiny did was it listened to fan feedback. And that's another advantage you have while you're doing DLC. You've already got the reviews from the base game. Maybe you put out one DLC, but you have the ability then to make improvements based upon that feedback in your DLC, whether it's from the base game or the first DLC. It just... Anytime you iterate something, it's always going to be better, unless you're a complete idiot. So... Mm -hmm. Believe me, the people who work at video game publishers are not idiots. They're really smart. And uh, they may make mistakes, but they learn from them very quickly. And uh, I think we've seen a lot of games get pulled up by their bootstraps over the last handful of years. Yeah, Uh, Games that got bad reviews, but then by the end of their DLC run, people were like, I actually see what they were going for
1: now. Yeah, I mean, like Final Fantasy XIV did that. I mean... Certainly, I think we've seen a surprising number of games pull out of their nose dives. I think uh, by the time post-launch. Final
0: Fantasy XV is all said and done, that a lot of the problems that you and I both had with that game will be remedied
1: and fixed for DLC. So yeah, I don't know if I go that far. Really? But, uh, <laughs> I might say that about Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, depending on how EA continues to move forward with that. That's a good example, too. Um, Drunken Elvis asks with the new Wipeout game coming out do you think they have missed out by not making Wipeout VR? Um, I think we who own PSVRs might have missed out on that but I don't think they missed out on it because there's not enough of us to really matter in that regard yet.
0: There's not enough of us to matter at all with VR period
1: it seems like.
0: It's not looking good for VR in my opinion. I guess you probably saw today that uh,
1: Oculus is sort of as you said, tightening the belt. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not surprising. Oculus is sort of you know, the third place contender. So it's not really? surprising they would start doing something like that first. But I think you're going to start seeing it. Well, maybe not with... I mean, Valve is in a weird position right now. Because all the Half-Life writers are gone now. Yeah. Everybody's left. Right. Including uh, Chet. They gave up! Including Chet, who was... He was
0: the final straw.
1: He was the final, also, he was one of the big uh uh Vive VR proponents I over know. there so like what's happening there with their big They're three They're getting
0: tired of sitting around not doing anything or uh, working yeah. on shit for 2 years and it never coming out I never I don't thought blame Eric, I
1: never thought Eric Wollpaw would leave, leave Valve like, I mean he's...
0: I worked on this site for a year before it came out it was driving me bonkers imagine <laughs> working in Valve where you've worked on like 3 different prototypes yeah.
1: nope 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 like you get tired of it like, can we get those guys and put them on a panel with the guys who worked on uh, uh, the Last Guardian? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> because at a certain point, if somebody like that who has
0: worked at Valve, dude, he was pulling in a huge salary. He probably started at a big salary. He's been there for like a decade. He's made so much money. And look, I can understand where he'd be like, "Well, I want to do one more prototype because I'm still making that big bank." And like, and now he's got to the point where he's like, "I've got so much money." I don't really need money anymore I just can do stuff that I actually want to do And it'll Mm. come out and I can get some gratification From it like you can't put A dollar amount on gratification And at a certain point All these guys at Valve just They're filthy rich they have to be Look at how that company has grown In like 15 years I mean it's mind Boggling so I wouldn't be surprised if this cavalry... I don't know if there's anyone left, but if there is, I wouldn't be surprised if we just keep seeing this exodus from there. Uh-huh. Um, as people just get fed up. I mean, I'm sure they love working with Gaben and all, but at some point when you're, you put so much work into something, you need to see some kind of a reward for it other than money. And uh, I think that's what you're starting to see at Valve. Um, anyway, back to the original question of VR. <laughs> so again, we got off on a tangent. Yeah, I just... There's not a critical mass for it yet. It's hard to make any decisions on VR right now with the small amount of people that are using it. Um, Still waiting for that big success success story. Uh, Farpoint's coming out real soon for PlayStation VR. Probably the biggest budget PlayStation VR exclusive Mm -hmm. ever. Um, Obviously, Resident Evil 7 came out. It was a great game, but it wasn't exclusive to PlayStation VR. Farpoint is PlayStation VR only. Big-time litmus test for PlayStation VR right there. And it
1: did feel good. Eddie, that was it was yeah. a, a, a sh- if you have the gun peripheral it is a shocking like verisimilitude I guess would be the word I'm just still waiting for freaking Star Trek <laughs> which is is that this it month this month yeah a few couple weeks get right. well at the end of the month yeah right before e 3 mm-hmm. um, stand user asks going back to the prey talk what's your ranking of the shock games? Oh geez. What elements are your favorites? And does that include the Bioshock of? games? Yeah, I would say that all anything that ends in shock. Um, oh man. I mean That's tough. I don't know about it. I haven't played it recently, uh, in the last like seven probably seven or eight years, but I think System Shock is two is probably still my favorite. Uh just I know, because, System Shock Two. Just because Shodan is such a good villain. And then after that, I'd say Bioshock One. Yeah, me too. <laughs> exactly the same. Um, System Shock yeah. Two, then Bioshock One. And after that, I don't really care. <laughs> maybe System Shock One. Maybe I Bioshock go Bioshock Infinite. Two, System Shock One, like Bioshock. Bioshock Infinite. I didn't like Bioshock Two very much. Keep although in I, mind that I love all these games. Although I <laughs> all did, of them. I did like Minerva's Den a lot. Yeah, uh, Minerva's is Den is Min- Minerva's Den. Pretty much makes Bioshock Two worth it all by itself. Yeah, if I'm if I'm being honest. But I would probably go System Shock 2, Bioshock 1, System Shock 1, Bioshock Infinite, Bioshock 2. With Uh, the the first two being pretty far out ahead of the others.
0: Yeah. Drunken Ellis, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying your PlayStation VR because I still feel guilty to this day to recommending people buy it. Because I'll be perfectly honest, mine has sat... Underneath my television now for weeks And I haven't used it
1: The last time I used it was uh, when I played um, uh, I Expect You to Die yeah. Which was December uh, People have come over and used it To play things since then um, Or maybe it was uh, the uh, Yeah, that and the and the VR Battlefront uh, X-Wing mission Were yeah. the last things I used it for uh, And people have come over and played it since then for other that don't have a PSVR yeah, yeah. but I, the last time I actually pulled it out and played something with it was that. Mine was Werewolves Within. That was the last time I played my PlayStation VR. I'm, I'm ready for Star Trek. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm raring to go but there just has not been anything out. I'm in. You be, should be sending me a code for it. I'm definitely in to play with you. I'll need to play with you. I'm playing on PS4 as well. Um, just because I find the PS4 uh, the PSVR to me or at least, at least the way I have my Two headset setup, it's way more comfortable to play sitting down the PSVR because the the my high-backed PC chair makes the wires coming out of the vibes, right. uh just awkward. Yep. So I'll probably and also because I know more people who uh, will probably play online on PS4. Uh,
0: let's see. Here's one from Grenade Artist Matt and Shane. Seeing how graphics have gotten so sophisticated, when do you think Sony will roll out the next system? I mean, the... Asking because there was an article on that we curated yeah. this week saying PS5 in 2018. Or whatever. Maybe the better be. question is, do you think ps is coming in 2018?
1: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I say I, hell no. I, no way. I, I feel like 2019 is probably more my guess on that. I think that might even be pushing it. Uh, I mean, it also depends like if they have to react to the Scorpio or not. It dep- A lot of it will depend on how well Scorpio yeah. does. Like, if Sony feels like Scorpio is gaining ground to the point that they need a power boost, uh, yeah, we might see at least whatever the next PlayStation is announced at E3 2018. Yeah. Uh, but if Scorpio doesn't make a splash, I don't see why Sony would feel the need to push ahead any sooner than they have to. The only the only caveat
0: I would I would impart here is if PlayStation Five plays PlayStation Four games. Mm-hmm. Then it could come earlier. Which I feel
1: like it will. It I mean, probably that's will. Th- well, here's the other thing: is like, will it even be called the PlayStation Five? Right. Or will or will it just be PlayStation? Do they just call it
0: PlayStation? PlayStation, PlayStation <laughs> Super Pro. Do they finally get to the modular console concept that I've been talking about forever? Where you just snap a new graphics card into your PlayStation and you never have to buy another base console again. Uh, we'll see. But I yeah, I don't... Definitely not next year there's not going to be a PlayStation 5. They just, uh, Can you imagine prep. if that actually
1: becomes the way it works and it becomes accepted and sells millions and the guy who created the Sega CD is like, come on! You know? or, or the guy who creates it says, I was watching this show called Game Face one night and yeah. like
0: I think there was like 200 people watching the stream and this guy, this crazy dude came up with this idea and like
1: I just figured I'd investigate it and sure enough, no I mean, I'm rich. I think there's potential for that if you like if you're talking about like if you make it like simple like play school. You yeah. know? Right. Like just That's like, what I'm talking yeah, about. Like yeah. no No installing, no like, screwing yeah. anything in. Yeah, none just of that. like this part of the system just comes off and you replace it with an exact duplicate. That's that has, what I was talking a, about. That has a different logo on the top yep. or something. That's yeah. what I was talking about. I remember I remember that. That, that was, was a while like, ago, that was like two I years about ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope that it could be a reality I someday I don't even know if I was, I might have been still in the Marcus days. Maybe. It was a long time ago. I don't even remember. Um, let's see. We can only answer a couple more.
0: We're getting up to our time limit. Um, Sub level 28. When should we donate a bit so you can eat during E3? ha <laughs> <laughs> I mean, during E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll notice it. You put that money He'll in there. See. He'll see it. <laughs> just send pizza. <laughs> or no, I don't want to give anyone our address, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a <laughs> well, That's not something I want to put out there after what happened. Yeah. Uh, and we're, not, we're we're not going to eat here.
1: Yeah. Just because you don't want to hear us chewing. Yeah, yeah. Through, the, through the whole. You restaurant. realize we're
0: coming up on the one-year anniversary of this place getting gutted, robbed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It happened like May sixteenth. Yeah, I think it mid-May. Was?
1: Yeah, that's right. Maybe a
0: little later, but I'd yeah, have, I'd have to look up your tweet. I can't believe a year's gone by. And that, it's just crazy. When you work so much, yeah. like time just goes so fast. Like, s-
1: when is the anniversary of what? The actual site. Oh, going June first. Live. Okay. Yeah,
0: I mean we we did uh, a closed beta for right. two weeks. Like I think the earliest anyone has. Like, if you look at everyone's avatar, it'll say, like, join date when you're on the forums. Right, like May, yeah. I think May 18th is the earliest. I think that's when we started the closed beta, and then we did, like, an open beta, and then we officially launched. And then this show show started at the end of February that year. Yeah, because we did this show. The show before. We we did 11 episodes of this show before the site ever launched. Right. Or maybe more than that, even. I think it was more than that. Yeah, I think it may have uh, been. Maybe 15. Yep. Uh, Let's see if we can find a couple more
1: p K P two K A six nine, Pituka, six nine. I don't know. Would you prefer? Would have preferred Bounty Hunter: Prey, like the Prey, like 2, the older like one we've seen as Prey two, before. No,
0: I think this is better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I have played so far, obviously, because you had
1: you, you saw the Prey two pretty close. Up. I did.
0: Yeah. I mean, they played a demo of the Bounty Hunter: Prey two in front of me, and it was like Star Warsy type. Mm. Like it, it was like you're on this massive space station. There's all these kooky aliens. I thought of about around.
1: that. I th- thought about that version of Prey uh, while I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy two yesterday. Yeah, just because I, Prey was on that my was mind. a better.
0: That's probably a better way. Better, even better than Star Wars. Guardians of the Galaxy is probably a better mm. way to, to compare it. Um, it was more tongue in cheek. It was also colorful. Very colorful. A, that's what reminds Lots me. Lots of, of neon. Um, it was an entirely different kind of game mm-hmm. um, than this. This is certainly way more serious, way darker. Um, I guess it depends on your perspective, but for me, I feel like the the gameplay in this Prey that we're getting is way more advanced and way deeper than what they showed us of Prey 2 at, uh, and that was at E3 Judges Week, actually. Where I got to see that. Um, it was a, It's a crazy how far along that game was, by the way, mm. that they just canned it. Uh, I <laughs>
1: It's really bizarre to spend that much on something. And, yeah, it, can, uh, it can rest in game Valhalla alongside Scalebound. And, yep. Uh, the other ones where you're like, what? Whatever How could you cancel that terrible it? arena fighter on the PlayStation 1 everybody wanted to play. Let's say like we got some people saying they love MGS3. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> people call me crazy for giving it a 3 out of 5. MGS3 is very... I don't think you gave it a 3 out of 5. I think you gave it a 4. I just oh, What I remember mostly is that I did not like it anywhere near as much as everybody yeah, You didn't else.
1: give it a perfect score, which meant everybody lost
0: their mind. Which means the world's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, let's see if we can find one more before we sign off here. Fratterly why would you ask that question, man? Mm-hmm. He's like, are you hoping you'll get robbed for the one year anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that might be it. I think for once we may have answered everyone's questions. Yeah, there's a few. What
1: was um? What was the one I saw, but now I don't see it. Oh, uh, W. Matthew asks, since the onslaught of Winter Games are done, what's your current 2017 game of the year? For him, it's Near. Mm. I'm st- I'm still uh, I'm still on Horizon. Horizon's my. I still haven't played it. I don't know.
0: I don't think I have a game of the year. Um, there are several games that are all kind of sitting Pretty equal your for me What's your favorite
1: that you've played this year then?
0: I don't have one, that's no. what I'm saying Like
1: <laughs> I, there's It's all been a uniform shade of grey Well <laughs> no, there's been games that are better than others But
0: there's like three that I've enjoyed Equal amounts for different reasons I mm-hmm. guess is the best way to put it So I don't really have a clear leader For a game of the year hmm. right now um,
1: I, th- I think Horizon is ahead by a nose Yeah still.
0: I haven't played it yet. And I, that's something I need to rectify if I ever get a freaking break. Mm. But uh, I have it. And it's like, <laughs> I always boot up my PS4 and I scroll past it. I'm like, you're too old now. Like I, Sorry. I, the problem the is like
1: phantom thieves demand your time. Right.
0: It's like, the problem is I can't get any value out of it now for the site because it's so mm. old. It's like, I can't come and talk about it on Game Face. I can't. If I put up a game eval for it, no one's going to care. It's so old. It's like, so I'm just kind of caught in this limbo of... Yeah, you're going to have to do it at some point because that game of the year argument... Yeah, I know. I don't get to play games for just fun anymore. It's just... I have to do it and everything I everything I do in my life, period, is just like, how will this affect Sifted? Is this a win for Sifted? Is Does this do nothing for Sifted? And if that's the case, I just
1: don't do it. I the just, weirdest thing is when he's trying to decide which gas station to go to <laughs> with that criteria. And it's just like, Chevron doesn't care.
0: Uh, all right yeah I see people are like Shane was so pumped for Horizon Two. I know I mean I'm not look, I'm never gonna complain about what I'm doing here with sifted because a lot of people would kill to do what I'm doing day in and day out, but that is one of the drawbacks of the job is that you can get really excited for a game, and if you're not the one who is assigned to review it or you you end up having to handle something else, it's really hard to go back and and do it unless you get some downtime so If I get a vacation, I'm not going to sit around and play video games because I've been waiting three years for a real vacation. (laughs) So I don't know when I'm going to get to Horizon. At some point, I'm going to have to try to. Maybe there will be a lull later on in the year and I'll be able to give it a spin. So, all right, that's it. That was probably our biggest Q&A session ever, I think. Yeah, was was close to an hour, I guess. Yeah, that was a long one. (laughs) But we'll always give you three hours. And uh, I think in a lot of ways, some people like our Q&A sessions better than the show Yeah. certain weeks. Yeah. It, it, lets, it lets it break out in different directions. It does, yeah. You guys can catch us off guard sometimes. Uh, you can test our might. Shane, I bought Star Fox Zero and it's as bad as you said. Okay, well. <laughs> Please help. Please help. I tried to help you. <laughs> You're missing it. I tried to help when I reviewed the it. Help was there. It was there. It. I, I put the ball on the tee. You just had to take your driver out and just give it a good whack. And instead, you ignored me and you went and bought it. I tried to tell you. But uh, anyway, hope everyone has a great Friday night. I know some of you guys, it's already Saturday morning or whatever. But uh, for those of well, you... That's mean, really
1: one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> good point. If it's Sunday where you are, something's wrong. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. But I hope everyone has a great weekend, no matter where they are and what time zone they're in. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. For the people on the live stream, we'll see you next week. Game Face is up. And... Out!